0: Hello and welcome everyone to Everyday channel number 91st, your favorite cyberpunk trend. No, actually, we're, we're still playing Magic. We're, we haven't drifted off yet, even though I might. I'm, I'm super hyped for it, even though it's probably coming way too early. But Callum, how have you been? I, I heard you just stopped playing with your puppy to come on the podcast. How, cru- how cruel. I know.
1: I can't believe you made me stop playing with her. Um, I had like a busy work day today and then I got out a bit late and I rushed home and then I was running late to come on here and we were even like 20 minutes late to start recording but I had to play with my puppy for a little bit and um I was cruelly dragged away she the look in her eyes as I had to say no I need to go and record a podcast it's just dripping with sadness and I feel I feel cold and dead inside now no <laughs> joking <laughs> I'm just gonna go play with her afterwards um yeah what have I been up to I've been I played the octagon thing which is an awesome thing which we mentioned uh recently and a rag and lotus box are doing it was myself and seven other really good legacy players, but not also like just seven good legacy players and me.
0: Um, I was going to take offense to the
1: other. <laughs> <No> <laughs> yeah, I, I caught myself there. Don't worry. Um, I don't want to slander the rest of them with my, putting myself in there. Uh, check this out. They're going to be running them weekly. It's uh, like eight people enter. One person leaves with $100. It gets streamed. This last one didn't, but it's been recorded, so there'll be footage of it, but it should be streamed. So if there's the opportunity to like get your cool brew on camera you want or just show people how good you are then check it out i came technically third but i like i lost the semis so that was fun
0: um yeah the way it uh, works is you get 100 if you win and i think you get your entry feedback if you make it to the finals right
1: yes so entry feedback if you make it to the finals and you get entry feedback and a hundred dollars if you win so pretty, oh, okay, okay. I, I like i like these like small event with top heavy prizes i think it's fun to do and it was over quickly it's not like a big time sink um, to win, like, to then just like lose the first round, it's kind of a bummer. But at least you're not putting loads of time into it beforehand. So did that. Um, I've been playing with my puppy loads, honestly. <laughs> uh, I get back from work <laughs> and then just play with her. So yeah, exciting. Did you post life. my pictures of her? Yeah, I, I posted one when I first got her on Twitter, and she's there's. I got a picture of her the other day of her just holding a Christmas hat in her mouth. So I'll post that. She's just she's too much for words. I love her.
0: She's you know what, Wizards is really missing out on. A, dog Binky. a dog-themed, yeah. Like we, we already got the planes that has a dog in it, and it was super popular. Yeah. And I think now that they are kind of unified, the tribes like dog count. I think everything is a dog now. Yeah. They, th- there's so much potential in the legacy community. Like we got so many cats, and I love cats, but I know that even more popular than cats there's dogs. Shout definitely. out to
1: Adam Wallace, who has championed love of cat Stompy since I've known him for like two or three years every single time you mention a cat he's just like yeah i fucking love cats so uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that that, that's me really like for most of my life i was scared of dogs yeah Ah. i'm like i'm very much a cat person but i've grown to really like dogs too over the last five years or something but when i I was like a tiny boy growing up on, on on the horse farm we had somebody who lived like right next to us and he had two dogs and i was like riding around my bike to next to us i don't even know place and one of his dogs came over and he was like hey julian what if you like put your hand into my mouth and then i I close my mouth really hard like oh that doesn't sound great oh too late shit Now i'm scared of dogs
1: that that'll do it like any bad experience when you're a kid it'll be bad i got charged by a bull when i was really really young so i was scared of cows and bulls for a very long time. Okay, so, Dude, that's, that's <laughs> like an ex- accident.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I in the streets of Pamplona or, or something. Like, where, where did they do the running of the bulls? I think that's the uh, just, just in like the English that. English I was five years old.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I was more like probably ten. But I, I went close to a calf to try and pet it, because it was cute. And uh, that was a bad idea, and I got charged by a bull.
0: So, yeah. Did you know, at least in Germany, which animal kills the most humans per year?
1: Hmm... Ruts? I mean, it's pretty
0: obvious now. <laughs> cows. Yeah, cows. Cow kill, Cows kill the most people in Germany per year.
1: How many? Like, two, three.
0: Uh, probably more. Like, if you if you go into the Alps and they they roam around, I remember when I was oh, okay. playing football, and we basically if we wanted to get to our football field from the changing room from the dressing room, we had to walk by like a herd of cattle. I don't know how it works, and and that was always scary to me because if one of them freaked out, they could have like basically levelled us, and yeah. they never did.
1: Cows are big. Anyway, we are um, sidetracking into cows killing people, which is pretty funny when it's just like, what have you been up to lately? What have you been up to lately?
0: <laughs> um, I've been, uh, <laughs> I received chasing a new cows? task from my boss. Yeah, yeah no, 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 Ch- chasing Corona, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but not not in that way. Uh, my boss developed a Corona filtration system, which is like, it has nothing to do with our hotel business, but that's just like what he does. He, he develops stuff on the side. And now part of my work is that I need to find people who are going to be into that, to like use a very broad term. And I, I I don't know, like there's so much work going on for the hotel, because like I said, we're going to reopen on December 20th. But we're also going to have the first guests a couple of days earlier. And yeah, I'm also spending a lot of time on, on Expedia and Booking.com. And it's, it's funny how only very slowly technology is catching up to like what we actually need because mm-hmm. for like the longest of times especially Expedia was like near unusable on their extranet and yeah it's it's still weird i had to call somebody in germany who calls somebody in kenya who calls somebody on the coast and it's like you have to jump through so many hoops and i think once all this travel online digital stuff is gonna be more optimized there's gonna be even more money to be made but it's only gonna take like another decade or two i guess yeah
1: it seems reasonable no no problem
0: So how do we segue this into the person who's, I I was gonna call him a special guest, but you asked me to strike out the special, so we only got a guest. I'm sorry for everyone on the Patreon. Um, We promised you special guests.
1: I wanted to add the most specialist guest, but uh, you cut me off before I could say that. So we have- Good save. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, I'll introduce him. We have, in my opinion, one of the best legacy players there is, honestly. Uh, He's an absolute crusher online, especially all around just nicest guy as well he likes dogs so we can segue into this like that i want to welcome tom hep who is also known as Negated 77 to the podcast how's it going tom
2: That's oh, going great thanks for having me i'm excited
1: you're good, good so uh we were talking about dogs then and i was like i know tom hep wants to like jump in and say i love dogs too but uh
2: yeah to... my border collies are currently staring at me in a way that your dog Aww. was too want... as well and
1: i want to say hello to them yeah anyway. we'll
2: we'll be going outside and running as soon as this is over
1: yeah, cool. So um, what have you been up to recently? Anything exciting in the last few weeks?
2: Um, magic related, there's been a bunch of stuff. Um, I also played in the Octagon event um, that you did, which was an interesting experience. I think I like longer events more so than like the quick hitters like that. Um, but the, the player, you can't really match the player event in a, or the player quality, I guess, and, uh, in the larger events versus what that field was i don't know if all the octagon events will be like that but that one was basically just eight really strong players um played in the showcase event over the weekend and some magic leagues here and there but unfortunately in the states we're kind of uh back on covid lockdown so other interesting outside life activities are kind of on hold
1: yeah i feel that we're in a position of the same thing here again just staying inside doing play magic online there we go
2: (laughs) pretty much (laughs) yeah
0: Cool. Yeah, it's the same here in Germany. We are about to probably, like, we should probably be on lockdown again and it's a big discussion going on, but you know what Merkel should do? She had, like, a big appeal in Parliament today. She should have just told everyone to play Cyberpunk, which is coming out tomorrow, or, <laughs> I guess, grind Dark Depth or The Octagon or something. Instead, <laughs> she appealed to, like, other stuff. Um, well, we, we will see how that works out, but I, I think she missed a big marketing opportunity yeah and speaking of marketing there's probably like only there's nobody who's as associated with the dark depth archetype than you are tom um is is that the correct way to like it's always awkward when people ask me are you the elf's master i'm like well i'm a guy who plays elf and who's known for that i i don't know whether i'm the elf's master you know but you, your name is very much associated with any form of dark depth, whether it's like slow depth, turbo depth, rainbow depth, and there's probably like five other variants of it that I missed. But before we go like directly into that, maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into magic? Where, where in the world are you actually? And then how did you actually get into dark depth? Uh, I'm just outside of
2: Philadelphia um, in Pennsylvania. So my magic story, for Legacy is only about five years old. I think I got into Legacy in 2015. Um, uh, Since we've already, this has already come up twice, it's kind of funny. Um, The way I got into Legacy was Star City Games were were having these, I don't even think they were called opens at the time. Um, They were just like five, 10 and 20Ks they were having. Um, And they were having one at what was called the Philly Convention Center at the time, but it was really like out in the suburbs. And it was just kind of a warehouse that was attached to another warehouse. And it had an event there. <laughs> and the it classic was...
0: magic experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, was, and it was a legacy event. I was like, oh, well, I don't really play legacy. I don't know much about legacy. Um, but, you know, I've been playing magic for a long time of various formats. Was really in the draft for a long time. Uh, we have a local casual group. Um, I've just been playing magic here and there for a very long time. I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I saw that attached to the the magic event within the same warehouse section was a dog show. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so okay. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to this now because even if this isn't any fun at all, I can just literally walk 10 feet and there's a dog show here and I can go buy my dog some stuff and, you know, pet people's animals. Like, this is just sounded like a great time. <laughs> like, how can I say no to this? It's the dream. So... So I went on to uh, the most technologically advanced Magic strategy site at the time, the Source, and uh, found uh, found a thread regarding uh, kind of trying to, people trying to port uh, Meritocracy from Vintage to Legacy. Um, so I don't even know of, which one that is. It's basically like a just a hyperfast Dark Depths combo vintage
0: uh, but like okay. I, I had no idea that was actually a thing in vintage was it like putting it from extended or, yeah it's going or back
2: always. it hasn't been a thing in vintage for a very long <laughs> time but uh, but in 2015 someone was still talking about it yeah, so that's source for you yes yeah, so, so they <laughs> so they'd built a an early version of turbo depths um which you yeah, had some really interesting cards the the old into the north and all that fun stuff that people used to run back in the day so it's like oh i'll i'll make some personal tweaks to this and i'll just run this in the event and that's what i did and it was nine round day one and i just had a blast playing and haven't stopped playing uh, legacy or dark depth strategy since
1: i think i read your report of that or maybe it was something afterwards did you write a report in the source? for
2: it uh a couple but i think those were later Later. when um when i was running in their actual opens with bug depths my own like where i I actually had something to say
1: yeah 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 it is interesting how depths i don't know This you'll probably be able to tell me the cutoff point better but it was always to me like a cool fringe tier two lower tier two kind of just a cool kind of timmy deck um, not to like say this badly about the deck at all, but it was never taken seriously until I think it was Eternal Weekend 2017 16.
0: or 18? 16. Was I'm it? I'm pretty sure it was 16 because okay. I think we top aided it in 17 and 16 was the one by, okay. a year before. <laughs> it, I, think, I think it beat
1: Miracles in the final, but until then, it had never really gotten any respect, but you were grinding with it before then, I guess.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think the deck is just, the original Turbo version just had so many cards that are just not great from the stage like you have into the north but even even the cards that still stick around to this day like are just awful top decks like you're <laughs> looking at like elvish spirit guides and like even like a blowout card like not of this world is just terrible top deck in a lot of matchups and a dead card in a lot of matchups like so like there's these you're playing against you know ponder brainstorm force decks where every card is just objectionable like through the roof power level wise, and you're running these <laughs> cards that are only good in specific <laughs> situations. So I like the hesitation before calling them
0: <laughs> cards. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, you know, some people love these cards. I don't want to uh, <laughs> offend anyone. Don't
1: right, worry, you could chat shit about dot depth. It's fine. Or is that a it's, good
2: one? No, so <laughs> so I think I think, and even when I was playing it early on, I was not a fan of the turbo shell. That's why I built bug. I just didn't think it just was too high variance and it's one thing if you're going to a local event or a seven round tournament or even a nine round tournament but if you plan on making it through two days of a GP or a high level tournament with all grinders it's just not going to happen the deck's just going to cost you a round or two to itself and then you have to win every round that you're supposed to win on top of that and it's just just not going to happen
1: yeah I guess I guess the crux of it is you need to build the deck like Deck building for something like that that trades consistency so you yeah as you say you're going to not have as as consistent as much consistency as something playing ponder and stuff but you're trading that off with a lot of free wins so you need to find the middle ground there and you need to build it to up the consistency enough but still got those free wins and find that which seems like you've managed to do with like a lot of your versions honestly and the deck has just sprung and now it's been a pretty clear main- mainstay of tier one mostly to tier two i think in legacy for quite a long time since that eternal weekend why don't you tell us a bit about your history with the decks you said you started with the turbo versions which were like the ports from vintage but i know that you were uh, then played rainbow lands which made a lovely comeback but you also featured such stars as like slaughter games back in the day so what was your uh what was your story here i had to bring it so up, sorry. when i initially
2: when i initially started i think i last the only event that i played the the first turbo version in was that first star city event um i just felt right away that that those those issues weren't going to go away like you weren't going to be able to just you know go through a long event like the star city events were two day events like you're not going to go through 15 rounds with that style of deck so that was when i built bug to incorporate brainstorm so you still have like a lot of your tricks you can put some of the dead cards back and shuffle them away which brainstorm things you know mitigates all of that nonsense so cards like slaughter games were just specific meta considerations so, at the time, a couple of the harder matchups were, like, Miracles with Swords to Plowshares, Recursions, and Snapcasters, or so ripping out. Uh, but those matchups go really long, so ripping out the Swords is a nice, clean path to uh, beating what was a very hard matchup at the time. Oh, that's
0: what you did. You you went Slaughter Games for Swords to Plowshares. I like that. Because that also, like you mentioned, turns off the Snapcaster matches for the most part. That's actually really cool. I, I like that strategic type of, like, gameplay, but also that, that feeds into your sideboarding. That, that I really like that.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like all-encompassing. So like at the time, I was boarding in Surgicals versus them, too, for the same purpose, uh, but also boarding in Flusterstorms. So you could easily, like, they're not going anywhere at the time. Like, they didn't have the, the crazy engines of today. There's there's no Ovo Euro where you were under an immense pressure. If you could put the combo on the table and just sit there, the only card that they could really run away with the game with was Jace, and they would never have... Never have a window to tap four mana for Jace, or you would just kill them with Flusterstorm Storm, countering their Plow. And if a discard spell ever hit their Plow, then you go after it with Surgical. And you can start, you can set up turn sevens through turn ten, where you can play three or four instant speed spells. So even if they leave like three mana up and those to Plow shares, you can win the stack
0: battle. You know, you really sound like a hitman explaining his next assignment. This is does. Yeah, I just, I just love that, like,
2: because when you think of. Like when a lot of people think of Dark Depths, they just think, okay, Urborg, Discard Spell, Depths, Hex, Mage, Kill You, Herder. Like almost like people describe show and tell when they complain about losing to that. To the, to the turn, It's like, yeah, well, yeah, my, my opponent clearly outplayed me. They, they took my best card on turn one and then they played a twenty twenty on turn two. Like, <laughs> and the deck still does have games like that. But what I really loved about that deck is that it also could go the other way. And play the long game and get into stack battles and stuff like that too.
1: Yeah, to, to open myself up to some ridicule here, we did that. Um, we did that, that kind of like showcase stream where I was on Miracles and you were playing your your bug depths. And uh, I know we joke about this a lot. Uh, you slaughtered me, to put it simply. Um, I was pretty, I was fairly confident. I thought Miracles is probably slightly favoured again when like both players are equal, and. You executed your plan, which you just described like perfectly. And at the end of it, I think I won one game or match, and you won like five or six probably games. And you did exactly that because you set up a situation on the board where I could just never tap out for Jace. I needed—I felt like I needed Jace plus like five mana to ever beat what you had, like just just sitting on the board plus what I thought you had in hand. So yeah, it was a beautiful game, uh, like game to play to. It's very cool.
2: Yeah, I mean to be fair. Um, Miracles did not care about Dark Depths at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were, it was your lists um, were more or less aimed at the other top 75s, whereas um miracles was one of the absolute best decks and i had a very coherent plan to attack it so it wasn't exactly a level playing field yeah. where uh, both players
0: were But tom is saying he just needed a better assignment like something more challenging it's <laughs> like that's not yeah. what he's here for he wants to take out like i don't know some super high profile case not like a random miracles deck like okay whatever dude <laughs> he needed the uh, the dnts and the goblins easy. so Tom, what what led you back to embrace the speed and the power of, of Turbo Depth? What was there anything that changed in the meta, or did you just like get to a point where you, where you thought that's just like the better compromise between uh, consistency and power? Uh,
2: I think the short answer is the f- Wizards of the Coast fire philosophy. So eventually, they printed so many cards that were so strong that the shell just wasn't playable anymore. So. You have Veil of Summer, which shuts down literally every piece of interaction in Bug Depths. So, Bug Depths was eight discard spells, a pile of Storms, Abrupt Decays, Assassin's Trophies. Like, it literally hits every single disruption <laughs> piece in the deck. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you know, it's basically Cryptic Command against all of those. So And it stops
1: Hex Mage on your J's.
2: God. Yes, oh. yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, and no, and decay on back to basics, and yeah. decay on counterbalance, and yeah, it was just a mess at the beginning. So uh, that was a big card. Another issue was to make the mana work with the brainstorm fetch land uh, setup. You really needed mox diamonds uh, because the deck consistently wanted blue on turn one, um, but it also wanted double black for hexmage on two. And early turn one discard, but you also want your crop rotations up immediately against the Wasteland deck. So you need all three colors on one. So you kind of needed Mox Diamond to make it all work. And I don't think Mox Diamond is a playable magic card anymore unless you're running it in some kind of shell that has either card advantage or an engine to bring it back. So if you're running like Loam or powering out like. I don't know how believable Dark Confident is anymore either, but if you're powering something out, something out, yeah, you're powering something out to make up for it. um, Because otherwise it just becomes a 3-3 elk and your mana falls to pieces. (laughs) So Oko did a number on the mana base. Um, Yeah, just things here and there. Teferi was also kind of a a nightmare for that shell because, you know, the previous matches we described against... uh, miracles like even if it's not necessarily miracles being the most heavily played shell like that even if it's just like a standard snow shell if you see teferi all of those lines are just immediately off the table and you
0: resisted the temptation of splashing your own versions of oko and just like you know acting up your ever spirit guides and vampire x just you just Uh. like swooped your arm across the table you're like let's get out of like let's get rid of all these bad cards and just let let's play stifle (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it is. It, it is interesting looking at this deck, where it's like, it's a, it's mostly a two-color deck. It's it's a three-color deck, really, but like you have access to all five colors with the Rainbow Lands. But it's still, arguably, got some of the worst manner of any deck in the format. And it like, I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't because you're still crop rotating for a, a Rainbow Land sometimes. But it is a, it is a very, very true three-color deck where you need this like option to have all different colors on turn one and turn two and turn three and it has to be the right ones otherwise it can lose you the game right
2: yeah exactly so without access to mox diamond this was the it's really the only way to do it that i can come up with anyway
1: yeah because some people have asked me who i just then said well we're getting top on the cast so he can explain it better but they they asked like why the rainbow mana base so i'll let you explain why because it it really is that color thing like you, you just need so much colors right
2: that's the biggest issue and one of the big problems with turbo besides the, the power level of the cards and how bad top decks can be i mean the deck also runs eight discard spells which depending on how the games are playing out are also terrible top decks so besides one of the ways it loses to itself the most is is for black green turbo is mulligans and one of the primary reasons you mulligan is because your mana is just not functional like the deck has low teens in black and green mana sources low to mid teens and you just see these hands that you have crop rotation with no green um you have you know stage depths no black with two discard spells like you just get in all these spots where you end up having to pretty consistently mull to like five say and it's just not a good spot so kind of one of the big things with the rainbow setup is it just has two additional mana sources of every color because you're not running a basic swamp, you're not running a basic forest. Instead you get tricolor lands in those slots and then I move the Karakas to the board to get another five color land into the board or into the main deck. So you're looking at plus two black sources plus two green sources even though it's a three plus color deck.
1: Yeah it, it is a really big deal isn't it because Again, I've seen some people kind of mention, oh, you know, why don't you, you could still run like a couple of jewels and some fetch lands and stuff. But the fetch lands are kind of three color, but that land needs to produce like different colors of mana on multiple turns and it needs access to all three. So you do need access to either crop rotation or a discard spell turn one or leave up stifle or fluster in the right matchups into the double black for hex paint, as you say. Like, it's just like sometimes you have to fetch a trop turn one if you had to fetch that mana base and then turn two you you can't cast the Hex Mage off unless you have the Urborg and stuff it's just they have to be available to cast everything at every stage of the game essentially
2: yeah exactly and the downsides aren't what people think they are either like Legacy is even though the cards are so much stronger now it's there's no real like deck that pressures your life total that doesn't kill you like the combo decks are just yeah. killing you there's no there's no real aggro deck in the format um you know, I you guess you're Delver saying over is like a mid-range deck, here Then. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna have to swing five or six times generally, yeah, um, to kill you. So, you have very few situations where the the lands damaging you actually matter. Um, and then the Urborg basically takes away the mana confluence disability anyway, because it turns yeah, it how, into a swamp.
1: How busted is that?
2: Urborg is really really good. It makes <laughs> it makes Gemstone
0: Mine a playable card. <laughs> yeah. I guess you gotta be careful not to remove the last counter unless you really need that kind of different mana, right? Because it dies once it loses the last Gemstone counter. I think it's called. Yeah, so counter.
2: that comes up occasionally, but not as much as you'd think because the first two uses is generally enough because there's less green cards and there's less blue cards in the shell. So if you look at Gemstone Mine like that, like you're getting a green shot out of it and a blue shot out of it, and then it's a permanent swamp. Yeah.
0: I, I guess if you, if, you, if the match g- comes to a point where you've used your gap gemstone mine like three times and tapped it for Urborg in between, it's probably already like, and this is just like me thinking about this, um, it's probably at the point where the match might already be kind of decided. I don't know how, how much you really grind with the deck, I guess given a certain ma- matchup you could. But, yeah, I I really like this deck. By the way, before we get deep into this, can we just like quickly mention how cheap the deck is actually? Because I looked it up on Goldfish right now and it says for tabletop, for your most recent list, $600 and something, like $640 for a tier 1 legacy deck. And it's not like that the the, the expensive cards are going to be like super weird, like the most expensive cards are going to be, what what is it, like Thoughtseize that can be played in a lot of decks. Okay, I guess every spirit guide is going (laughs) to be a little bit harder to find a fit for, but for all the rest, like, okay, Mana Confluence, $81, Urbog, Tomb of Yagmoth, okay. But it's it's all like
1: lower high prices as well it's yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's, it's nothing crazy like surgical extraction the side part that's definitely gonna hold value no matter what and i also don't see this kind of like deck type going anywhere it's not like wizards is gonna be like oh, we need to ban out of this world or something like, i don't know like that's, that's not happening that there, there's like probably like 200 cards lined up that would be banned before anything out of this deck so like
1: a jury step.
0: I, yeah <laughs> Dude, i've <laughs> lost so many fucking games to that card. that's probably the card that induces the most amount of hate and frustration because <laughs> people sit there and have like who heard their bafel streaks Ooh, I oh i'm so oh, it's gonna be fine it's like oh no, uh, bam or even like with maverick when you have script ranger and you're like oh this is gonna be fine i have script ranger i have mother what can you ever oh never mind <laughs> but i think so, it, it, it induces more rage really from excited. the actual
1: depth players themselves they always draw it it's it's amazing it's like it's like the progenesis of depth isn't
2: it tom uh, yes, that's why I really, really miss having brainstorms to put that in Bajuka Bog back because you yeah. always draw the Bog versus the graveyard decks,
1: <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, I need to discard <laughs> you to see if the coast is clear. Take your Corporation. Oh, the Bog's in hand. Sweet, i oh, uh, take your
0: other relevant card." Yeah. Have you considered Vesuva before I start making other stupid assumptions uh, or like suggestions? Um, that's the first card that comes to mind to se- semi-solve this. Yeah, I mean Vesuva is it's
2: okay it's just the problem is it's never a combo land that you need so like you can't like making a second stage doesn't really matter all that often unless you're going to try the old copy their wasteland trick with one stage to combo with the second stage Um, but (laughs) doubling doubling up on bog and doubling up on step doesn't come up too often
0: yeah, and I guess in, in half the cases at least, even playing it from your hand is gonna be okay. For example, if you want to punch through, through like a flying blocker, if you have it in hand, then that's still gonna do the job. I mean, you can't use it for instant speed protection, I guess that's the big downside.
2: Yeah, you're kind of just in a spot that you're in a spot. So, pre-board you're just like, if, if, if it's a plow quaddle deck, you're just, okay, hope I haven't also have an out of this world, or post-board, yeah. hope I have a safekeeper or an out of this world, that kind of
0: thing, but it happens. That's pretty cool. So before we go um, into talking a little bit about a couple of matchups, can we quickly mention how much you're destroying the leagues with this, the Magic Online Metagame? I don't know how many trophies you have, but there's, there's a rumor out there you're trying to break... The, num- the upper limit of an integer that Magic Online can have, because apparently it's like a really weird number. It's not a power of two, it's not a power of ten. It's one of the most random numbers you could ever pick. And I think we actually, we gave this to Jarvis, or like Jarvis looked at this as well, and like he knows a thing or two about numbers. And he was also like, I have no idea how you, you would ever arrive at this kind of number, but there's there's an upper limit to anything in Magic Online, like life total tokens, whatever. And it's really weird. And maybe it also extends to, you know, trophies. How, how many do you have right now?
2: Uh...
1: he's gonna pretend like he doesn't know but he totally knows
0: it's like 35 i think that's close enough is it really 35 i I thought what was gonna be like 27 or something
2: Uh, last season i had 20 i finished with 28 this
0: season's 36 right now but this season you're actually trying (laughs) like last season i just like i i had a win rate of i don't know 70 80 percent but this season i'm gonna crank it up even more this Uh, is actually really crazy This is the thing with Tom. He he always
1: says he's not really trying, but like, it doesn't matter how much you play if you just win everything. So, goddamn you, Tom. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't want to look up my win percentage against Tom, but it's probably not not pretty. I I guess there's nobody who's got a good win percentage against him. By the way, what I also want to mention, dude. um, I know, and I mean that's that's something you've put out there, uh, and people have put out that you're using your winnings a lot to support legacy content, and I think that's so amazing. I think you sponsored Anoraks. Uh, Team Lotus Box Dice city game event with something like 500 tickets you offer to to do stuff for the legacy Premier League and stuff Like you you're supporting a lot of awesome legacy content out there. And I think I, I can't really speak for the community when I say thank you But I can speak for myself and a couple of people I know who who think this is really really amazing that you're doing this So thank you Tom. Oh,
2: it's uh, it's my pleasure. I view I view magic kind of like as a hobby more or less and I'm fortunate enough to not be in a position where Um, my job basically takes care of my um, living needs so I'm not in a position where I have to make money off of it and I can just enjoy it for what it is as a hobby at least what it is to me so the fact that I get to do something that I enjoy whenever I want for free essentially um, is incredible so anything that shows up on my magic online account I just I think it's just the only thing to do is to pump it right back into the community.
0: You're the hero we need. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that, that's just so amazing. I mean, I'm not that, gonna, you're, like, you're
1: the hero we need, but also like the, the guy that like, turn one stifles you. But uh, yes. Yeah, you, yeah, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you you gotta build it, right? up
0: goodwill. You gotta build up some goodwill <laughs> so that you can do things like that to people and not get salted on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I guess you receive a lot of salt anyway, right? Uh, I would guess this this kind of deck is one of the most salted and using out there.
2: No, I think there's like there seems to be the impression I get is that people only seem to salt to people that they don't think um, they know are good. Like is, like I think uh, there's yeah. an anonymity to it. So if you don't actually know the opponent like personally or you haven't seen like some of their content or whatever, I think it's much easier to say whatever you want to say to them than it is.
0: So Someone okay. That's actually out so who's really famous? Who's really, I guess he wouldn't shit talk Obama if he goes like good luck a fun and then kills you on the first turn with Grizzlebrand <laughs> or something. That, 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 that's the kind of way.
1: <laughs> Is that but when you said who's really famous? My first thought was Mengucci. I was like, I would never salt Mengucci. Oh, but yeah. you oh, that, that's actually that says a lot
0: about you. Wh- Who would you assault then?
1: <laughs> uh, I I salt Tom all the time cuz I never beat him. F- fair, that's, enough. That's fair enough. That's friend.
0: That's friendly
2: assault though. That doesn't yeah. count.
1: Yeah. Okay, fine. I don't I, I, think I, don't I, think I don't I've salt would... in
2: years i don't know that i would classify anyone in the legacy community as famous either it's just a name someone may recognize in passing yeah. they're less likely to salt on
1: but what you're saying makes sense to me like um not not to say like i'm super famous or whatever but i i get people messaging me less these days than i did a couple of years ago just just like random messages in the in the MTGO chat as you're playing but i used to get a lot of people complaining about stuff and just, I've just noticed less now, I've never, that's not clicked until you've just said that now, but it could be a possibility
0: you know what I get a lot I actually get a lot of people telling me that they love the podcast and that's really cool like they love the podcast the stream anything related to that and that's 90 percent 95 percent of interactions and then five percent is like them mistaking me for somebody else (laughs) and trash talking me actually in Japanese the other day that was the most amazing thing I think I talked about that somebody was actually like taking that time out to trash talk me in Japanese and I I put it into Google Translate and of course Google Translate translate, translated translates in a very friendly way so it was like the Hmm. most innocent and but you could tell that it was yeah. actually like not that it was <laughs> <That's Yeah>. amazing <laughs> but my, my interactions
1: so, you know, are hugely positive actually i chat with people about if someone's playing a brew or if i'm playing a brew we chat about it like people talk about the salt and the magic online all the time and i find it really funny as much as the next person but actually it doesn't happen that much as people make out you see the bad size on twitter and stuff but there's a lot of cool banter going on and stuff and um yeah it's pretty good the only sort i'll give out is when i'm crushing jacks or some people <laughs> recognize me as the person that beats jacks or loses to tom that's
0: it <laughs> <laughs> oh man we've we actually got to get checks on the podcast in a future episode that will yes. be so much fun i actually only got to really know him at gp bologna last the oops year guy. Was it last year yeah the oops yeah, it was guy. yeah he was like staying up until four in the morning and crushing everybody with oops <laughs> that's so degenerate he, yeah. <laughs> Dude, in talking of degeneracy i think i've talked about that like anurag brought his entire computer from the us to yeah. bologna and then he played League of Legends until like, I don't know, three in the morning with his computer, like the day before the GP, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you brought your, I don't know, I can't get over the fact that he brought his computer from the US to Bologna for the next season. So week.
1: you're there resting for the GP and getting ready. Jax is just like jamming Oops Leagues until he passes out, like injecting it into his veins. Anarag
0: is there playing League <laughs> of Legends until three or four what what? (laughs) weird people (laughs) it was my favorite part like on the way to the tournament i've I've actually never posted the video maybe i should it's it's anorak um uh, submitting his deck list on his phone on the way to the gp that was amazing Mm. i I don't know that, that that thing a year ago that was one of the best experiences ever we had so much fun definitely hope it's gonna be coming back definitely um
1: i'm planning to go over to america for the 100k i'm gonna meet tom there it's gonna be fucking great so, are you gonna come oh, to that? Oh dude, I,
0: I wanna go too. Yeah. So, yeah, when, I'm when I'm that i signed comes up back. for one of those. I don't know which one I'm signed up for. There's a, there was a 40k and a 100k, and I signed up for the one that was $200 to play that got postponed.
2: That's the 100k, I think.
0: Yeah. 100k, dude. Cool. Jeremy's amazing. By the way, did you see Jeremy's actually sending out um uh, basically gifts to everyone who signed up for this? And I guess it's gonna just still take a while for, for it to arrive everywhere, but I already started seeing it on Twitter. Where people are posting basically these gifts that they received because he had to postpone which is like the most natural thing in the world that he would need to postpone so like nobody would yeah. expect a gift or anything so it wasn't like his fault or anything. like if anything it's it's good that he did that and he's actually still sending out gifts to everyone that's that's so cool of him it's
1: crazy that's
0: he seems awesome. great yeah. should we uh, jump back on greatness depth? yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to ask Tom, um, which decks, Like, without going too deep into each matchup, but which of the common decks do you like facing? And is there anything that's that's a, where you say, this is my nemesis, this is the deck I don't want to face, and no matter what I do, I'm always going to be behind?
2: Um, I think any of the deck. the toughest decks are always the decks that have um, sets of wastelands and sets of sorts to plowshares. So whenever you get into the dnts of the world that have both of those and caracas where you get into the esper vials of the world that have both of those and then also have you know peacekeepers and uh, they both (laughs) both of those decks have recruiters and things like that those are the hardest matchups um it's not that they're unwinnable um it's far from it but they're just if you're going against like relative relative similar experience level as your opponent it's going to be it's going to be hard so those are the but the good the good part about it is those matchups are always interesting you know those decks aren't blowing you out on the first few turns of the game so you have you have turns to maneuver and try and develop and open a window to get them and you know they have to play around so many different things like from their seat like i did a little video with um Cloud on uh, a dnt match a couple of weeks ago and There's just so much to worry about from both sides. Like they're constantly worried about, even if you're totally tapped out, they have to worry about not of this world. They have to worry about Elvish spirit guide in a crop rotation for step to get wasteland for their for their Caracas or to get step for their plow. Like they kind of want like two levels of interaction at every point, and it's kind of similar for vile And so those are really really, even though they're hard, they're really interesting. So it's not like one of those misery-filled lopsided matchups <laughs> where you don't feel like you can ever do anything. Like there's a lot of decisions going on and you can kind of try and like get into your opponent's head a little bit and see if you can get them to play around something that's not there, that kind of stuff. So they're fun even though they're
0: hard. Um, and That sounds a lot like chess in a way where people have to like respect a lot of stuff and juggle a lot of stuff and and you you're basically waiting for your opponent to like make a mistake and then you can can capture or something like people told me that the dnt mirror is a lot like chess but this also feels a little bit like it um when you i've played this deck a little bit every now and then and always felt like i imagine the levels of interaction that you mentioned right that they could have and then i'm i'm considering how many can i beat And how likely is it going to be for me to maybe beat another one if I wait a little bit? And how likely are they going to be to draw another level of interaction? Like this whole game without a game that's going on, even though like somebody watching would be like, oh, there's nothing happening in this game, where actually between those two players, every turn, every land you tap for anything is going to send a message and you have to read that and understand that. And that's, I guess, what people talk about when they call it stuff, my my most hated word in, in magic quote unquote skill intensive and <laughs> that, that's really cool
2: yeah i think i think that video ended up being like a half an hour and the first five minutes was uh the first five minutes of the game was literally us discussing whether or not it was correct for the dnt player to play vile on one or play wasteland go based on all of the bad <laughs> things that could happen on turn two and things they had to play around and yeah i think it ended up being like a six or seven turn game and we, we talked for a half an hour about it because there was that many things to consider
0: we should have like proper names for all of those kind of openings. We should we should have the XJ Gambit or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom variant. The when philadelphia your defense.
1: When you have the Erborg Thoughtsies, you know it's it's the hep
0: attack. <laughs> 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 Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, are there any matchups out there where you feel like, okay, this is probably gonna be a bit more of a cakewalk? Is any of the more played uh, matchups where you feel like they're gonna be struggling a lot against me?
2: Yeah, I think it's basic. It, I know people like throw around the term like "buy" or things like that unnecessarily or way too much um, <laughs> in the community. But don't say um, my name. It's it's really really hard for Hogak to ever beat Depths. Um, you're, it's a graveyard-centric deck with a with a graveyard-based combo against a Bajuka bog deck with nine tutors that boards in ley line, surgicals, and has eight discard spells, and a quick combo that they have no way to answer and no flying blockers. So that anytime I
0: get paired against Hogak, it's basically. Yeah, you know. I can see that, especially the lack of flying blockers, right? Sometimes it's all it takes is for them to survive one more turn, but I think the deck doesn't have anything that can really block you.
2: No, I mean, some every once in a blue moon, you'll see the uh, the one casting cost black creature that has the dredge discard outlet that I'm blanking oh, on the name of. Yeah, dump. Every once in a while, you'll see that, but at, that's that's kind of
0: the exception, not the rule. Yeah, and I think it can't even block once they have threshold or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of, they're kind of in a,
2: they're kind of in a spot where they're looking for like the turn two or turn three altar kill, and we also have needles and decays too for the altars. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's just so unfair. Just, uh, yeah, it's a really, really, really rough matchup. And then like some other other fringe ones like burn basically can never beat depths. It's just the goldfish is too fast. Any deck that allows depths to goldfish them that can't kill underneath depths is,
0: uh, is in trouble. That looks. I keep looking at the decklist and it's so sexy it's it's so streamlined <laughs> almost I guess that's a one-off reclaimer but that's gonna be fine um you just I, hate your I, elves yeah <laughs> one question that I was actually surprised that nobody actually brought up in, in our discord or on twitter that I want to ask about that you probably like received the most questions for I feel is like what about those stifles how, I think you went up from one stifle the, the miser stifle to two stifle so uh, how did that come about?
2: So the theory was always um, one of the primary benefits to running bug um, back in the day. Even when slow black green was really good, like I think slow black green took a beating, and with recent printings too. But back when those were kind of like comparable, and I think slow black green was a lot better in very fair metas because they could kind of like grind with those slower decks that we talked about, like D&T and things like that. Um, But it was always kind of about the combo matchups to me, like I didn't want to lose to the combo matchups, which were way more heavily represented online, which is where I played more often. So basically Stifle occupies the same space as, as Pithing Needle, but Pithing Needle is often just terrible against certain uh, combo shells. Like back in the day it was just it was like ant that was like the primary one where you just really never wanted a needle. You were almost naming their fetch lands and then playing herbworgs so their fetch lands were swamps anyway, so it was just it was a miserable card. So there's just matchups where I didn't want needle where the stifle had text where I could stifle a fetch land versus ant or if they get sloppy, stifle the storm trigger. So it had text in the combo matchups, but also did a lot of the same things Needle did, so you can still stifle the Wasteland, which is what you're often needling. You can still stifle Caracas, um, that sort of thing. So kind of occupied a similar space, but was better against combo. The reason I I up the count now is because I think two reasons. One, the combo decks have shifted a little bit. And in my opinion, one of the better combo decks nowadays is Doomsday. And Stifle is a very good card against Doomsday. I've hit fastest Oracle's triggers multiple times. <laughs> you can you can shut them down by a full turn. Do the old Time Walk trick on a Fetch. It's just it's just a good card in the matchup. Um, you can even Stifle like a Cycler if it comes to that. If you need to buy one turn to get the swing in with the twenty twenty after they've made their Doomsday pile. There's just a lot of different things that has that it works there. But also I think Needle is just much worse now. Like. Over the last year and a half, two years, there have been a lot of uh, printings that have really impacted it. So one of the biggest spots where Needle was great before is against lands because they have so many different problematic cards. So they have Wasteland, Ghost Quarter, Caracas, um, Maze of Yeah, but they got Blast Zone a while back. So now they have a Tutorable land that can not only hit your Needle, but it also like sweeps away your safekeepers. Um in the process were a reclaimer if you have one. So blast zone was a really powerful, tutorable answer they have to needle. And then on top of that, they got force of vigor. So another way that we try to fight lands is like with leyline Line of the Void to shut off the loam engine. So now you're just putting multiple artifacts and enchantments into play versus a deck that has a tutorable land to get rid of the needle and a force of vigor that can hit your graveyard answer and your needle at the same time and basically bury you. So Needle's way worse in what was one of its strongest matchups previously and then D&T got um, Skyclave (laughs) which now can come down at instant speed off a vial and erase your Needle that's on Caracas or erase your Needle that's on Wasteland and you're pretty much going to lose the game on the spot if you went for the combo and something like that happens so just Needle kind of (laughs) losing ground in a couple of the matchups where it used to be at its best um makes me want to limit the exposure i have to those kind of effects but at the same time it's more proactive than stifle so you need an additional mana to be able to combo and stifle a wasteland on a combo turn whereas needle can come down mm-hmm. on one or on two and then you can combo behind it so it's still it's still good it's just a lot weaker than it used to be and i think stifling people off of lands is stronger than it used to be because the two and three drops in particular in Legacy are just so crazy powerful that it's to the point where I'm willing to do just about anything um, to prevent certain cards from hitting the table a turn earlier than necessary. So if that means just firing a discard spell off into days on purpose to get them to days just so I don't have to see Dreadhorde for one more turn, I'm willing to do that. <laughs> if it means uh, stifling their yeah. first land to stall the Oco or the Euro one turn, that's that's very worth it. I think this,
1: this, this is like a recurring theme because on the last podcast we were talking with Mark about miracles and we were talking about how force of will is so much more powerful than it used to be because you are very often happy to trade cards for mana now because it's such a valuable resource where you the cards are just so above what trading card for card used to be like. So this again, like i have the exact same feeling whenever i'm playing any deck i'm on when i play something turn one it gets dazed. i'm just like thank god i'm not playing against a turn two arcanist uh or in some cases like a turn three uh, turn three ochre or whatever like you're kind of happy to get dazed unless it's against the really problematic cards so that makes perfect sense to me where you like stifle is just good to get ahead on mana uh, it's it's almost at the point where mana is more important than card advantage it's it's maybe we're probably still in the middle where you need to have a mix of both but yeah your argument completely checks out i think you're going to find this with many decks currently where you want to have ways to either get to the board quickly or take advantage of mana somehow it's interesting
0: it's interesting i think um that's something i've tried to talk about or try to explain in the last podcast uh at, at least the way i th- see it and that is we went from a position where tempo is all about pressuring your opponent's life total or not all about but primarily about pressuring your opponent's life total with Tarmogolfs and delva and stuff and now it the tempo that we are fighting for is the establishment of an engine of a strategic for example card advantage engine and in, uh, for example, Dreaded Ark, and this is probably the most prominent one. That's the one that, that we always keep talking about. So, like Tom mentioned, we don't really have this big aggro thing going on anymore. This format has slowed down in that sense. But still, on the second, and sometimes the third turn as well, but e- even just like as soon as the second turn, huge bombs are going to happen, and we have to fight over them. And that's, that's why we're in this interesting position that I think Legacy has never really been in, where we... We still have like tempo decks, but they they're not looking to pressure your life total. They are looking to get an engine into play and abuse that engine as quickly as they can. And I'm, I wonder if anybody in the comments on, on Reddit, Twitter, uh, on Discord can help us out, but I'm wondering whether Legacy has been in a position like that before, because the last time it's been this slow was around the mental misstep area, uh, area era. And I mean, the, the best we could do was like get down Liliana of the whale on turn three, but that's not nearly as threatening as a Dreaded Arcanist. So th- this, is, this is kind of a unique position and I like the adaptations that you have made to account for this.
2: Yeah, I tried four. <laughs> 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 when, 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 I first, when I first built this, it was kind of like, I saw Ali's post on Twitter about putting stifle in lands and I longed for the day of my one of stifle. So that was kind of like the, uh, the push to kind of mess around with this. And uh, yeah, the, the original list had four stifles because I just wanted to stifle people. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. at first i was surprised at how good it was but you know you can't you do need the, the proactive aspect in this particular shell so eventually ended up tweaking it to where it is now but yeah i was i was going four off four off, stifle and uh, punishing people left and right with it <laughs> for a little <laughs> while
0: <laughs> dude be, before we move on to listener questions uh, i i've got two more questions for you the first one is are there any very common mistakes that you see people make against your deck? And the second one is is not exactly similar, but if you're looking to target this deck, what sidebar cards or even like main deck cards that you could play are giving you the biggest headaches? So what are common mistakes and what do I do if this deck is the one I really wanna target?
2: Okay, a common mistake um, by far is probably the way people use wastelands against the deck. Um, they're just way too aggressive so i I lose track of the amount of times i play like urborg and say discard spell and pass and then i get my urborg wastelanded like it just it's like a mental pump of the fist nine times out of ten there are 32 lands and mana sources in the turbo or the bug rainbow shell and you're just it's very unlikely you're going to be able to prevent that deck from playing the game and any wasteland that's not being pointed at a thespian stage or a dark depths is a win (laughs) so just firing them off or like people will go after colored sources too like they'll go after the confluences um, or the city of brass and it just so rarely works out this isn't like the delver mirror where there's going to be 19 or 20 lands and they may not be able to play the game like this is (laughs) 24 lands (laughs) plus eight one-shot accelerants on top of that and you're also just asking to get like spirit guide crop rotation even if they're tapped out and a lot of times people will just fire it off right into an open try land too which yeah so i think the i mean there are certainly situations where you want to aggressively wasteland um, especially if you have an active clock or an active dreadhorde, or you have a good reason to do it but people just do it on turn one and it often (laughs) it often just leads to a really bad spot for them so it's, it's a lot harder for the depth deck to combo through the on-board active wasteland than it is to combo from scratch, and people often give the option of the latter.
0: Well, That's that's really good. I think that there's, there's always that temptation, right? You're playing against the stack and you think maybe I'm gonna steal a win that way, but it's, like you mentioned, I wasn't even aware that there's 32 mana sources, there's 24 lands, 4 lotus petals, 4 earthy spirit guides, And I guess there's also the added threat of crop crop rotation of every spirit guide, which I guess is still parity card-wise, is it actually? No, it's not, right? You're going down a card. But still, it's... it's
2: Yeah, this isn't a deck that actually cares about being up cards. It cares about getting its combo lands into play. So if you're giving them a chance to get through a wasteland and go get a combo land at the same time, I will trade a spirit guide to do that every time.
0: So you, you know what would be the cool answer you say this card this deck doesn't care about being up cards this deck cares about being up games that's there you go <laughs> 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 that,
2: that is uh that is extremely accurate um, that's the hitman <laughs> motto <motive. yeah. laughs> as far as uh as cards that people could run against this like pick a color and i could probably name you two or three cards like i guess the one the most common one that people play these days is green and blue So in green and blue, blue has all sorts of bounce. Right now, Depths is kind of preying on the fact that most of these blue players are aimed at each other. So the Delver players are running submerges in high numbers, and this deck does blank submerge entirely. Um, But if they're really concerned about Depths, they could easily swap those into Brazen Borrowers, or Chain of Vapors, or Echoing Truths, or whatever they feel like it. All blue bounce is relevant um, when it comes to green, the card that um i don't think is good enough to see widespread play because it doesn't hit. it's not versatile enough um but i have seen jpa run it as a one of and some other delver players run it as one ofs um is run foul?
0: is really hard for most depth shells to. Po- this is the moment where i typed this into because i don't remember what it was run foul. god you clear yourself a legacy podcast yeah, very bad. but well, it has a dinosaur <laughs> on it. Okay, uh, yeah. I should know about this. I so I've played uh, this in Hogek
1: actually, to try and beat Depths. It still didn't work. They just discarded it and killed me.
0: But Dude, was, this is the, the most fresh I've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so. It's an instant for one green. Target opponent sacrifices a creature with flying. Okay. I guess that's a way to... That's like a, a, a verdict effect, an addict effect, that gets around your... well. Uh, protection like not of the
2: swarden that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it works through all of the protection except Flusterstorm and if you just get hit with discard obviously, but there's very few things that are going to work if if they resolve a discard spell against. <laughs> um, so but Ronafell yeah, doesn't fall into the same trap that some of the other edicts are have like we just play out a Reclaimer, play out a safekeeper, play out no spirit guide, play out a second hexmage uh, or play out a hexmage and combo with the stage. Like there's ways to beat edicts. Um, but this one's a flyer, so it's it's basically discard, fluster, or bust to beat that particular card. So if it was ever like some 10 plus percent meta share and you had to beat this in your next tournament or you're playing in some hyper-exclusive four-man, you know, <laughs> two depths players are going to be in, you could run a, a pile of run of fouls and, and uh, punish and the deck.
0: There's still going to be somebody who's going to lose despite having the card because they look at Infraspare guide, they see the wings and they think, oh, it's flying, my run of foul is not going to do anything. <laughs> seriously how's eversburg spear up flying a card that i've used like actually in tournaments every now and then recently is moments piece sp- uh, particularly for elves and for this matchup Have you encountered the card i just I, I like it so much because even if it gets discarded you can still flash it back and otherwise it's gonna be a a two-time time walk so
2: i don't believe i've ever had that card played against me but yes getting double fogged would probably be annoying <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean it's probably only good like in the exact scenario you're talking about. Like you have to like in a deck like elves where you can kill them over those two turns, then yeah, that works. Otherwise, what are you stalling towards? Um but yeah, it makes a lot of sense in a deck that can probably uh put together its kill in that window.
0: Yeah, that's I, I think we need like one more deck that's weak to that card. Maybe Hogak is kinda of weak, but then they can still kill you with the combo, so that's why I am not too thrilled about moment's peace, but yeah, that's, that's a card I see going in and out of F's at least my deck, every now and then right now. So what about the other colors? What, what is there like in red, black, or white, I guess? I guess white, you already mentioned Peacekeeper and also Plowshares, which are kind of annoying.
2: Yeah, there's also Path Exile, Celestial Purge. There, there's no shortage um, in white if you really want to um, pile up on answers. Um, as far as red's probably the weakest. There's there's uh, Dead Gone. gets that a lot. Dead Gone, but that's like a three-casting cost and it's kind of easy to see from a mile away. Um, You've been Chaos warped? What's Yeah, I have been Chaos Warped, actually. Yes, nice. <laughs> that must have been years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you have no idea how many times I've looked at that card as a sideboard
0: option. <laughs> because I. That's all um, you need to know about Red, by the way. For I, Blood Red I would guess. actually consider a Chaos, orb, uh, chaos so, Warp. Chaos so
2: warp. what I've been looking for for years is a red based answer um to magus of the moon and blood moon that crosses over so that i can just play my depths and win and (laughs) versus their moon using their moon mana um but and that was the closest thing i could come up with and every time i look at it i just envision hitting the moon with it and then like ensnaring bridge coming off the chaos (laughs) warp trigger (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm not gonna do this to myself oh yeah
1: random opponents coming oh. to play is just like terrifying uh yeah i can see some really funny things happening yeah, so uh, I you, have you,
0: you don't really have much respect for marcus of the moon i guess you you got exactly two abruptly case in the side part. and uh, how often does it actually come up that you win on discount uh, on, on uh, beatdown with you know your crew of Hex majors, Sparrow guides and and the one of reclaimer
2: yeah, there's certain matchups where it comes up regularly. I've beaten the Curses deck like three or four times this month, which is beatdowns. <laughs> like, some decks just prevent you from playing the game, but at the same time don't really do anything for extended periods of time. And whatever, you just get in. Like That happens a lot against the, the Carnaco deck too. Like any hand, I will literally keep any hand that has Accelerant Land Collector Oof because that deck just... 80 to 90% of the time just packs to a collector oof. It has like 13 mana sources in the entire deck that yeah, function once I, that I cards in play. That, how <laughs> so happens. you just, that card just hits play. And it doesn't matter. You have zero combo pieces, you know, that the roof is going to hit them 10 times or the oof and a spirit guide are going to hit them. Like it's, <laughs> it's good times. <laughs> so you win with beats more than you'd think.
1: Have you ever used a uh, note of this world, like hard cast to protect a non-marriage? That I have not
2: done. <sighs> Okay, seven really? is seven is a really high number.
1: Have you have you actually cast it yet? Because I did in the league I played.
2: You cast it for seven? Yeah. That's saying against Snoko. I can only assume you did something very wrong to get the seven. I'm sure I did.
1: Oh, I mean, this is like the league that I learned the hard way that you can't like gemstone mine the third counter for a crop rotation. I learned many things. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I spent like because the deck is really hard to play i i struggled but i also was amazed, like amazingly impressed by how good it is as well but i uh i struggled with the first because i was going through all the uh calculations of what can happen what can go along and i was really like tanking for a minute or two minutes on a lot of decisions and uh then against snowco that i was like, okay we'll I have the first for this i have a discard spell to set up the turn afterwards and blah blah, blah. and then um the whole whole tanking for two minutes involved the crop rotation with a mine on one counter. And when I went to do it, like, the next two turns, I was like, oh, god damn it. I, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that The None of This World was not a winning play. It was like a, I'm protecting my, safe, my spirit guide to not die to elks play. Can it do that? Maybe that was it. You know, I'm probably digging myself into a hole. That remember. sounds like a really sad <laughs> use of the card. Yeah, I'm yeah.
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I spent I seven mana. Tom coming back again. I can't
0: believe that you used this piece of equipment that way. Dude, that you're embarrassing the whole professional. Oh, he sounds
2: so, so disappointed in so, me. I'm sorry. So let me make sure I get this right. Because maybe I'm just misunderstanding. You're saying you spent seven mana to prevent a two-two from becoming a three-three?
1: No, no, no. I was being attacked. By <laughs> by <laughs> no, no, I'm. I'm being made fun of here um
0: oh no no way
1: it was like an oko minus five on it to like oh they were trying to
2: take it. your two two okay so you yeah, counted yeah, yeah. A control magic on your two two okay <laughs> <laughs> i feel like
1: after this the uh, the depth discord is going to never let this down i was trying I to wasn't not die a...
0: Depth discord is secretly the coolest place in the world like when it you totally posted something out of it i was like how are there so many cool people talking about stuff even though none of them plays depth
1: oh it's, it's the absolute best place on the internet
2: the the main channel of the Depths Discord is called Memes and Dreams. Yeah, yeah that's the <laughs> I only I should thing tell that you exists. everything you need to know.
1: This channel is everything you need out of the internet.
2: There's also a channel that's called Serious Discussion, just because people wanted to avoid the Memes and Dreams channel. I think um, I've been in there once but, or twice. But the Memes the and Dreams channel is where all of the high level discussion happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like not of this worlding a elvish spirit guide on an minus five.
2: You know, you, well what permanent were you going to get because this isn't even a true control magic because like you were going to get something yeah okay, i was getting
1: so. a, i was getting something out of the deal you know i've got, i've got no base to stand on here i've let the depths team down with my <laughs> terrible plays to try and protect an, a tutu
2: i think it's just hysterical <laughs> if you yeah, pay seven for the knot of this world you would <laughs> you would think the story ends with like i protected my three four reclaimer with not this world and then, <laughs> and then the next swing was lethal that's how the story should go <laughs>
1: Oh, it was like one of those games I mean I was just dead anyway but it was like uh, I can get one more draw step where I have zero outs if I do this so what the hell
2: it's yeah. like where the business is going under and they make the employee do something really embarrassing at the end <laughs> 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 for no reason <laughs> Like well, we've already going, lost this game why, why are you making not this world well, do this
0: <laughs> Callum go mop the floor you, you spilt the drink over there oh god but we are never going to open up again yeah dude just do it okay so we we can have the impression that still something's going on here god why did
1: i bring this up this is awful
0: in speaking in speaking of awesome discards we received a lot of questions for you from our discord but also from our twitter so if you want to hit up our twitter that's at eternalmtg and if you want to get into our discord that's part of the patreon rewards just like actually this week we got a new patreon samuel c tilly and as well as our other Patreon, Sunstrom Sundstrom, and I know Sam actually, re- uh, he's submitted, he submitted a question. I spoke too early, by the way, when I said nobody was asking about the second depth, because uh, Sam actually has a question from Tom here. How on earth did you come up with rainbow depth? Like, who looks at depth and thinks, needs more stifle?
1: <laughs> Clearly <laughs> Tom, if about. Tom's not, two's not even enough.
2: Yeah, we, we 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 got we hit the stifle mark, um, but yeah, it was it yeah. was basically a happy accident. I had kind of given up on three plus color depths being viable because of the mox diamond issue, and when I saw the post about stifle and lands, I was like, I just really wanted, I just really want to run this and just. It was like, well, what's the only way to possibly make this work? And I was like, well, I guess I just jam every five colored to land imaginable <laughs> into these slots. And then I counted it out and it still wasn't enough. I was like, all right, I'll cut the Caracas and put another Caracas and put another one in and uh, let's see how this works. So it wasn't like I didn't go down to the lab and it's like, okay, how am I going to build a great deck? <laughs> it was just I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to do something and it ended up uh, being a lot stronger than I thought it would possibly be
0: you think one day it's going to become more powerful than you are? Uh, it's the I stupidest mean, question anyone could ever ask. I feel like <laughs> one of those you know, sports reporters after the match. So what was the match like? Did you ha- did you play hard? Yeah, we played hard. Okay. Did your opponent play hard too? Yeah. What are you going to look forward for the next game? Oh, we also want to play hard the next. Oh, you want to play hard the next? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> feel free to ignore that stupid question <laughs> from <laughs> my stupid question. I mean, and that's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Sam has another question, and that's actually a really interesting one. I want to hear the truth and nothing but the truth. How many hours per week do you spend on Magic Online? Hashtag no judgment, hashtag safe space. (laughs) Uh,
2: Per week? I think it ends up being, I actually looked at this, not like from a timing perspective, but from, I was curious like how many matches I got in, like on average a day. So I think it's probably around three hours. Yeah, maybe like closer to three and a half hours a day. So i probably play like obviously like some days i'm only on for like nothing or for an hour or two and then like if there's a big event you know i'm on for the duration of the event kind of thing so i don't know over a week i guess that's maybe like something like 25 hours
0: and i guess half a job
1: half a job (laughs) i guess games with depths go fairly quickly i mean i'm sure you have some grindy ones as well but uh yeah, yeah there's, there's been
2: some conversation about that because, like, whenever I go on, like, a brag run... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you post, like, the screenshot of your, like, 24-1 and or your 19-1 or whatever it ends up being or the Mana Traders thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Magic Online is, is nice enough to log the beginning times, so you'll see, like, 9-11, 9-18, 9 <laughs> <9/35. laughs> like, So, hey, guys, when, we're when this 25-1 is...
1: run in, uh, on the last half an hour or so, yeah.
2: Yeah, so deps can can <laughs> deps can carve through a league in like an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. pretty easily if things are going well. Obviously, like you'll hit your like 45, 50 fifty-minute matches against DNT and Snoco, but you'll hit your ten-minute matches against Hogak and things like that. Nice. Awesome. T- ten minutes sounds so... generous. <laughs> I mean, you do have to sideboard. <laughs> true okay fine god so boring.
0: <laughs> that, that's the longest part that's the hardest part of the matchup <laughs> moving on um we have another we well, actually we got a ton of more questions so this one's coming from neville shoot martin nielsen he's asking is some variant of dark depth combo in his that would be tom's opinion the strongest strategy and legacy currently and if yes please expand on that if possible
2: uh i think the current shell the rainbow shell is the best one currently Um, Just because I think it's more consistent, I think the mana's better than the black-green turbo shell. Um, So it just loses to itself less and has much better combo matchups with the fluster storms and Stifles. So I think that's the best positioned right now. Um, I don't think that's always been the case. I think, uh, especially for paper events, I think the slow black-green was the best positioned deck for quite a while. Um, But I don't Mm -hmm. think those cards necessarily line up as well with the meta right now, whether that shifts back or not. I don't know. Like, I think the cards that punish that deck
0: are probably mm-hmm. here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you, just to clarify, you're not only saying this is the best version of depth. This is what you consider the best strategy in Legacy right now. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, okay, because that that was what the question was about. <laughs> oh, I missed. The, I misunderstood the question. Then. No, I think Snow and Rogue are by far the two best strategies in Legacy. At least that's how I understood the question. I could be off too, of course. So you're, you're saying Snow and Rug, but the, but it's definitely Tier One, right? Uh. It's below. I, I'm interested where
2: you'd put
1: it though. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested where you'd rank it because, in my opinion, I think it's tier one. I think it's one of the best decks in the format currently. So, where I would think you, you think it is?
2: Probably somewhere in the 5 to 10 range. Tier 5 to 10? no 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 like if you just like if you just i don't, I don't like getting I know, into the tier thing but yeah if you, if you just listed them like one through ten gotcha. um, with a little bit of wiggle room i'd say somewhere probably between five and yeah. ten like i mean i, I mean the it...
1: waters around like tier the bottom of tier one and the upper of tier two is always very muddy um but for me i just think like in conjunction with you just like you've been going on so many insane wins with it it like runs with this recently like it's not a fluke like it's you've always won a lot so that says something but the mana traders run was insane then you went on that 24 run recently as well and you just and you're the top of the leaderboard and other people are winning with this deck as well so i don't know it, it feels better than depth has in, in quite a while to me so
2: yeah i think it's improved i just i think it's hard to tell it's still new like i think i started playing this around like the very end of october so it's only been around for like six or seven weeks and there's definitely some brewers advantage going on where people aren't hundred percent familiar how to like how their sideboarding should change you know whether that's rogue delver players still bringing in submerges or you know people not playing around stifles or fluster storms you know legacy is pretty slow to adapt and not everyone's like grinding out x matches mm-hmm. um, per week so yeah at the end that's of the day true. legacy is a little on the casual side so yeah i think over this stretch there's definitely some you know coming back to earth just based on some of those advantages yeah. slowly dissipating
1: i wouldn't be surprised if like if someone sees a uh, man confluence go they'll be like okay this is dredge and then they get stifled or like flustered or crop rotation and stuff i bet it came exactly up. yeah that's fair
0: awesome so moving on, we, we got a question from, uh, well, I guess I renamed him to Face Punching Gnome, because that's <laughs> what his name actually means in English, uh, my good friend Tom the Decker from Belgium, he's got a question for Tom, does he think there are other legacy decks that could benefit from building the mana bases with rainbow lands rather than traditional fetchland dual setups? It's relatively uncharted territory, I feel. I've only really seen dredge humans and some old TES builds do that. And I wanna add to that, there used to be a five color thrash tag in Legacy as well between like 2006 and eight-ish, which like straight up played five colors and they also played City of Brass because they were honest.
1: (laughs) Honest, yeah. yeah.
0: Honest. you gotta be honest with yourselves so, like you, you can't we didn't have anything like astrolabe and stuff like we had to straight up fetch dual lands and at some God. point they were like okay come on let me just like drop two city of brass city of brass is I'm just gonna the, cast my mystic Farsa.
1: city of brass is just the astrolabe of 2006
0: Fight yeah me. yeah <laughs> it, it didn't draw nearly as much hate though yeah
1: Hey, anyway, let's tom answer the question <laughs>
2: uh so i think it takes a lot of at least based on my experiences with the cards it takes a lot of ingredients to make those cards worthwhile so like you know the first thing can just be you're just going to try and kill them immediately so obviously it makes sense in dredge because they don't care about their life total and they're just they're just in it to just crush you as soon as possible so they don't care about mine counters. they don't care about damage um the format is slow so the damage isn't it's form it's slow damage wise anyway um to the point where that doesn't necessarily matter as much um but a lot of the decks that can kill you immediately are already in blue, a lot of the combo decks. And it's asking a lot to give up your Brainstorms and your Ponders and your combo decks um, to want to do anything else. So that's, that's just such a huge downgrade. So like, Depths didn't have access to those cards, so it makes a lot of sense. And then it has Urborg to mitigate some of the downsides to the lands, and it can kill fast. So that's a lot of ingredients. Um, to make it worthwhile that i don't know that you're going to find in spades across a lot of different archetypes like i think in some the damage is going to matter and others losing the counters off the mine is going to matter and in a lot
0: you're just giving up way too much to not play the blue cards it makes a lot of sense right there's a lot of things that a lot of factors that need to go right for it to make sense and right now, there's really not too many decks that would actually satisfy those requirements for for you to consider running this. Or the traditional fetch land and shell. Yeah, and that it's makes a shame. To me.
2: Yeah, and it's a shame because, like you mentioned earlier, like it was a happy accident that the the deck ended up being no no reserve list, and it's as cheap as it is. So if it if it could be ported or applied to other decks, that would be amazing. But um, I just mm-hmm. don't know where that would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another question we received from our friend Dukes on Twitch, uh, the, the guy who runs greensandcenter.com, by the way. I uh, love your work for the community, Tom. When would you recommend someone who has access to both turbo depth and slow depth uh, to play slow over turbo? Uh, we already talked a little bit about the differences. Is there is there anything you can see in the foreseeable future that changes that would make you want to run slow depth again? Uh, I, like The first thing that would come to mind, I guess, is bands, but is there anything other than that?
2: i don't know i mean to be perfectly honest that was never really um my thing to begin with like as far as my preferred play style i always enjoyed bug over slow even when slow was probably better i still ran bug (laughs) so i don't uh, know that you get me the the metas in the past where it was good was when there was not very much uh, combo and you could try to try to outgrind some of these decks but i just I don't see you being able to do that consistently now that cards like Ogo and Euro are in the format. It feels like you're, you're reducing your Depths plan, the potency of the Depths plan, and in exchange you're getting a better plan B, or a plan B, some would argue, um, to be able to grind, but it feels like you're in a worse spot in both right now with the power level of the grind cards that other shells have.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I think you, you already made like a really good argument for, for running um, the, the current version over the, the slow version. And I really like that. I don't know, every time we have a guest on the podcast and they talk about the deck, it gets me really excited and wanna play that deck. And then I realize there's only so many hours in a day. But with this deck, I, I could see putting it together, especially since dude, I must go back to how awesome it feels that this deck is quote unquote just like six to seven hundred dollars on in real life. On magic offline, I guess, <laughs> in paper. Uh, so that's something that you can put together. So, well, man, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. I, I wonder if we're actually going to see a lot more of those once paper magic becomes a thing again. Because that's just, there's a huge draw to, to these kinds of decks. And yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. I
2: think that the, the cool part about some of the cards you guys mentioned earlier that were in like the $20 range or whatever is them being like the actual Rainbow Lands. Because I don't see a scenario. Where they crash in price, either because those are so heavily played in casual formats, like the mm. the commander slash EDH crowd, like loves their three, four, and five color <laughs> commander decks. So those are going to be like <laughs> high demand cards, regardless of whether it sees play in Legacy. Yeah,
1: totally. It is. It is just like the only like things that would cost money for the deck that aren't easy to sell on are like just the four depths and like then maybe three Oborgs, and the rest is just very easy to get move is,
0: isn't even like a like more of a staple and modern I, I thought like a lot of people i guess is heavily played in, in casual decks right yeah it's really yeah. popular but
1: like i guess i guess it actually it's easy to move i'm just thinking like one is easy to move but actually you can find four people that want them so <laughs> never mind <laughs> but yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah awesome deck fern mm-hmm. is asking an interesting question given rainbow depth has access to all five colors what are some red and white cards that you've tried out or have thought about using I know you've discussed Thud, but with other uh, cards, haven't quite made the cut yet. And for those who don't know what Thud is, which up until like an hour ago included me, it's a sorcery, one red mana, as an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature, and then Thud deals damage equal to the sacrificed creature power to any target. So that's basically a way to get past something like a peacekeeper, past an ensnaring bridge. But yeah, so I think people used to run, what's it called? consuming waypress or something, consuming something? Uh, right of consumption. Rite of consumption, that's the one.
2: Yeah, so that's always been a popular effect among a lot of people in the Depths community. I've always hated those cards. So, like before you had Fling and right of consumption, but Depths wasn't really in red, so you didn't run Fling and thought it's just basically sorcery speed Fling, um, but for one less mana. So that's obviously a lot easier to do on the combo turn. Um, i just think these cards are kind of traps like they will win you games here and there but there is so much incidental life gain and legacy in the hard matchups now it's so like if you think your hard matchups are all the swords to plowshare decks whether that's Esper or death and taxes and snow every one of them can gain life by swordsing their own creature to go over 20 um mm-hmm. most of them snow has euro and ogo too to go over 20 dnt has Skull and uh, jete to go over 20 like there's a lot of situations where you can't one-shot them with one of these cards and those are the matchups you really want the card for so it just feels like one of those things where if that was just a protection card you're probably going to be able to kill them anyway and if they're able to go over 21 it's, it's just dead like it just doesn't do anything so
0: so is there anything other in, in those colors in red and white that you would consider? I think we already talked about Chaos Warp, even though that was basically <laughs> just brought up as a, an answer to when you're actually forced to have red mana through Magos of the Moon. Yeah. Is there anything else? I um, will say, Tom, play. I Go will
1: ahead. say, Thomas try. He's been trying to find stuff. You asked me, is there any good red and white cards to play? I couldn't think of any. Like,
2: um. So there's. The, the, the problem is the, the existing cards are really good so like the space is really tight in the sideboard oh, but there's definitely there's definitely like a short list of cards that are reasonable to consider like i've looked at ancient grudge um just to double up on artifact removal and obviously that would be great versus like the echo carns and those kind of shells of the world but you really need your removal to double up on artifacts and enchantments because of the natural weakness to blood moon not the blood moons really present because i think those snobby shells are really poor, poorly positioned with Chalice being probably at its weakest point ever and you know Moon being at one of its weakest points ever with the insane number of basics and astrolabe decks running around. Um, so you don't see too much of it, but you still need to respect it to a certain degree, so I don't think you can switch to Grudge and Artifact removal heavy like that. Um, you could always run Pyroblast and, and Boil's an option if you're really... Needing to hate on a specific thing. Moving deck. swiftly those... onwards, let's uh, stop this conversation <laughs> right here. I don't think but we Boyle, Boils in this format. But Boil is really hard anyway because most of those <laughs> decks are on like three different colors worth of Basics and Astrolite. You know you're going to
1: try and, like, <laughs> so... and Boil chasing. and he's going to have like Bayou, Badlands, Basic Forest, Cephalid, Colosseum, Crackers in play
2: yeah you're missing grove of the burn Willows. and grove of close. course that goes without saying two of them at least <laughs> so but it, yeah, it's, i
0: guess Boyle will often just be an instant speed stone rain for yeah minor. so
2: in in the right kind of meadow where some mono blue so, so say they print say the next f- fire printing is a, a busted high tide card you know maybe Boyle becomes <laughs> if you just cue market too much as well yeah <laughs> exactly um so white cards that have like uh, I keep, like, a little list of things to just... I've run Ether, ether, eh, ether Sworn Canonist in the past when I had more of a five-color mana base and bug. Thalia is something you could bring in considering, like, Path Exile as an additional removal spell. Uh, Rest in Peace is, like, an option, but the Black Graveyard 8 is kind of better than Rest in Peace because it's faster against, like, the Oop Shells and the Black Reds of the world. Um, but, yeah, I just haven't found anything... Yeah. That I, think, I guess like, that, that's works.
0: fair right, you you don't have to push something just because it's, oh this this would be really cool, um, the way you've talked about your deck, it's, it seems really thought out and also all the cyber cards, what I really like is they're also good and uh, there's not like this random, oh maybe this is just like my tour for the super fringe matchup, I, I really like that, that the way you've constructed the deck so I can see why you'd be struggling to find anything that you'd want to play over anything that you're already playing, That's that's a good competitive mindset.
2: Yeah, and it maps out really well right now across all of the...
0: Do you have a guide for that 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 we can link? Um, One of the Uh, most hated
2: questions among legacy content creators. So I have one for Black Green that's up and I have one for this list that I put together in five minutes the week I made the list because somebody asked for it. That's very, very wrong. And then I have one that I haven't put up yet. That because I'm still because okay, I'm still okay. because I'm still working on it. Like I've only been playing this deck for six or seven weeks, so I hate the idea of basically putting something out there into the world that someone's going to follow that I end up thinking is wrong immediately. <laughs> because some of these matchups, like the guide, is like thirty or forty matchups. So some of these I've played like once or twice, and I really kind of want to refine the boarding plan before you know sending people to their death just based on deck <laughs> drafting. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you side out
1: like one or two copies of Dark Depths in every matchup. Uh,
2: there is exactly one matchup where Dark Depths Ooh. should be boarded out.
0: Should we try and guess it? <laughs> Julian,
2: what do you think it is?
0: Um, probably something Snowco ish, Miracles ish. I don't know. I'm going to guess lands. The mirror. The
1: mirror, of course. Oh, that's so, oh. That's so
0: smart, of course. God. Oh, oh yeah. Because they can Thespian stage your own Dark Depth and you, you, you feel stupid. Yeah, and lands they can is vampire
1: hexmage
2: your depths lands is a good guess too but they have so much interaction you really kind of the, the game plan is often to get yeah. under them as soon as possible so you can't really be shaving the combo density Fair even enough. though it is awkward that they can also copy your depths <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay random question have you ever had um someone have you like ever seen someone vampire Hex, mage the other person's depths because I've almost done that in a league before realizing
2: how stupid it is um, no, there can be very good reasons. I've done that. So Hex Mage on top of its um really awesome uses like wrecking legacy staples like Either vial and Chalice and all the planeswalkers and you know, removing infect counters off your lodge and make it a twenty twenty again. There's lots of fun things Hexmage Ooh, that's does. Nice. But uh if you have access to Caracas you can absolutely Yeah and your own stage you can absolutely pop their depths and see I was just talking so about like can... me being an idiot, but actually that sounds yeah. cool. <laughs> no, no. Uh,
0: Ken, 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 why did you actually want to do that in the first place because
1: I'm not going to set up the situation but I just thought it was like a, I can't play my depths because they have a, a hex mage in play and I was just like getting confused as oh they have a stage in play so I was, that that was it yeah I'm, don't, don't <laughs> right. it's just me being yeah, but
2: it, it really is relevant though at times yeah. because sometimes they can be setting up a go for it at the end of your turn mm-hmm. situation where even if you have access to Caracas, they might have the knot of this world That's so cool. if you sniff that out you can at the end of their turn force them to make it so that you get two shots at the Caracas and the knot of this world doesn't be and able. then nice. they have the
0: second nod of the world
2: Well, if they have whatever, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you just get got, but just saying it's a reasonable option. The more common one that I've used um, quite a few times in the last couple of weeks, actually, because I've been running into the mirror is a hex mage taking the counters off of their gemstone mine.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, dude. That's so cool. (sighs) I
1: didn't even think that at all. (laughs) that's so lifeguard. mean
2: but nobody's allowed to do that to me so don't okay
1: even fine.
0: About now you've said it so people hold will. <laughs> long until we actually see like value hex matches and random oh black God. decks that don't play dark depth uh, it's just i just, like kind I of just saw play. one
2: in an ant list the other day
0: I are you that. kidding me i guess it's supposed well. to to hit chalice i guess chalice but it
2: i guess because they can tutor for it with because their list had i think it was grim tutor too so they had like <laughs> maybe six Maybe two wish calls, maybe seven tutors. It's six or seven tutors and the hex mage in the board. So I don't pretty know what cool. their specific so thought random. process was. But it definitely can definitely can get rid of a chalice. Shadow plays them as well for like
1: chalice and oko. It's pretty good.
0: Uh, okay, okay, okay. This is really weird. I've never, I thought this was like the stupidest joke I could make in a podcast, no. Okay. But I guess that, that's how people feel about a lot of decks that came yeah. to legacy at some point. Before
1: jump into the next question. Just quickly, Tom, what's the weirdest uses you've had of Hex Mage?
2: I'm really interested here. That you've had to uh, the most fun I ever had was oh, a couple of years ago where someone attacked me with a Blightsteel Colossus and made. I had to block with Lodge to make it a 9-9 nine, nine and took the counters off and swung back for 20. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. I've also had oh. Infect. I think I had 16 Infect counters when someone like Invigorate, Berserked, or some oh. crazy sequence and took them off that way. God. Um. so making the 2020 back up to a 2020 is one of my favorite um, but yeah, most of the other uses are That's good. relatively
0: straightforward so I guess our next question is going to be really weird it comes from Poo22, the only reason I didn't cut it <laughs> yeah. was because I figured maybe there's some kind of meme in there that I'm not aware of has Negator77 tried 5 color Reanimator, if not why? Uh,
2: I played Reanimator in one big event and Uh, twice i drew 14 cards that did nothing and then died with a gristle in play and (laughs) i won't (laughs) i won't i won't touch reanimator again i'll I'll (laughs) just fill in a
1: tiny bit of um information here poo22 is his new twitter Twitter name but uh it's a friend of mine from london and he's played like five color kind of tin fins reanimator for many years and he has all um rainbow mana base and so i think he's just drawn affection to depths here because he likes uh rainbow lands uh,
0: i really gotta reconsider coming to to london for a legacy <laughs> tournament if people play five color tin fins like what the fuck is wrong just, with just Ritz, you, man?
1: just you wait he he's made some decks uh he's made unplayable ch- <laughs> chunder bucket pile have you heard of that which one unplayable chunder bucket pile so it's, no. basi- it's basically like show-and-tell Stompy, but you cut the red and sneak attack for Elvish Piper and champion Ronus. It makes sense, right?
0: I don't know what the champion does, but I know what Elvish Piper it, does. It's basically, it's basically an Elvish Piper me.
1: that has to attack. Um, so he plays like Chalices and Trinospheres, and then the Elvish Piper's like Chancellor of the Annex into play.
0: He, he should play that Priestress from the from the standard, uh, from the starter set, which yeah. basically does Elfish Piper on, on your first main phase. I played that in Commander, I don't remember, Priest of you, something. I, I think the Commander players were going to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay, that's you, really you'll neat. enjoy
1: him in London.
0: Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of really weird cards, uh, we got a question from uh, our friend Brian Cook. Why does Tom hate Birds of Paradise so much? It's evil. <laughs> Would you <laughs> that a card? how like, do you hate paradise? is there service? like any place for birds of paradise in this kind of like especially since like a guess it can block in the mirror but yeah he's yeah. he's he's
2: making a joke because we've uh, we've been on like oh,
0: that was a joke question oh I yeah. missed it. we've been on hangout yeah, calls
2: before the- where i've actually like straight up tilted over birds of paradise oh, basically blocks yeah no, like basically it's the spot where like it's in like these mavericky shells where, you know, they'll have a plow and a wasteland and like a Kaya and you do all this work to beat like all three things they have. And you have them the next turn. And like their last play is like a birds of paradise <laughs> and then blah, and you can't get through it and you can't to attack twice because of the Kaya. And it just, it just mocks you. And this happened a couple times in a row. And I just, kind of tilt it, it off and you like it just looks at you <laughs> I, love I tilt it off this and, bird uh, this bird specifically fuck that bird <laughs> yeah i haven't been able to live it down since
1: <laughs> so what do you hate more birds of paradise
2: or ornithopter uh i hate ornithopter too so yeah i will say ornithopter is worse since birds of paradise has amazing art cool. okay now we're slowly discovering
0: the cards that really really get you yeah birds the secrets paradise, are coming out you need to
1: just poke tom until he lets out the secrets if you want to beat depths <laughs> ornithopter because it flies you it doesn't have counters so you can't hex mage it or you can but it doesn't do anything and you can't Sejiri step through it it's, it's pretty busted really
2: Yeah, there's there's a really funny part of the channel fireball video that I did with Anurag where we're boarding against ninjas and he's like trying to guess what the boarding slots are and it's like force of vigor and he's like what? I was like no <laughs> you're bringing force of vigor in against ninjas yes you are <laughs> they have, they have ornithopter and That's retrofitter
0: foundry <laughs> it's coming in <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so for our last question here from the listeners from peter blank from the in response podcast what is your key to success tom like we couldn't find any more broad offer question <laughs> uh, probably just i've just been
2: doing it for a long time so i think i've been playing legacy for quite a few years almost all exclusively on the same strategy so i think that's just you know paid some dividends over the time
0: I feel like this, you know, this meme where, where they're interviewing the dog and they say, so you've been playing Magic the Gathering for X years, you must be really good. And then the dog starts crying. <laughs> I just felt. When you, tell, when you tell me you've been playing it for a long time, you, that, that's why you're pretty good. And you've been playing it for five years. And I'm like, damn, and I'm not even that good. And I've been playing it for 15 years. I feel like the dog right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would say that you're not that good. I think you're outstanding.
0: okay anyways i think that's that's pretty much what we wanted to get out of you with regards to to your latest creation rainbow depth we actually received a couple of questions whether you intentionally made it non-reserved list and i was actually under the impression that you did but we already talked about that right you it's just like a happy little accident that that turned out that way
2: yeah it was definitely a happy accident i've owned the cards for depths for years i wasn't i didn't have some like oh i'm gonna make a budget entry deck yeah. for people like it just worked out that way which was obviously That's really cool. awesome
0: but yeah. is there any timeline when you're you're i guess it's not necessarily a primer but your sidebar guide might come out
2: i mean it's basically done i just want to get a comfort level with it so i could put it up tonight if or send it to somebody if they really wanted to see it i
0: just oh, okay. it's there, is there actually a chance that we could release it with this podcast in like two days uh sure why not yeah that would be great like no 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 pressure but if you if you have it then we're definitely going to include it in the show notes on it's julian.com yeah it's kind of like one of those things where like
2: you're just going to keep putting it off until you have to do it anyway and these things are always like sideboard guides are always in exact sciences anyway they're more like i like to look at them as like more suggestions and based on like what your opponent's doing in their list you should be like deviating from it regularly anyway
0: so i think that, that that's a good way to put it because the the way sidebar guides are going to work is they if you're totally new—they're going to give you a basic understanding what the cards are supposed to do, and I think even more importantly, which cards you might want to side out in certain matchups, because it's rather easy-ish most of the time for most sideboard cards to see why you would might want them, unless it's I guess first of figure against the only top the deck, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I think the hardest part of any sideboard guide is always which cards are you siding out, and that's the question I get the most for Fs. And I guess it would be similar for this deck because there's nothing that really sticks out. As you like, I guess there's matchups where you don't want wasteland. Uh, there might be matchups I guess where you don't want needle. Like, but but all the rest is like, yeah, this is pretty good forward, straightforward legacy stuff. So it would be really cool to see see that kind of stuff included with the podcast. So maybe we can do that. Yeah, we can try for it. Awesome. Now we want to talk more about what else happened over the last one or two weeks. There's, I think, the most important event that we want to talk about is the Eternal Party 2020 in Tokyo. <laughs> Just, I, I love those generic names. I, I guess Battle <laughs> of Moxen, nah, Bizarre of moxon is not generic, but we, we, anyway.
1: Eternal Party sounds way more fun.
0: Eternal Party sounds super fun, yeah. even though in COVID times it's it's apparently like really weird. Even though I think didn't, didn't Kai, different. Kai Savatari tell us that they are not going to have any big tournaments anytime soon. I could be totally wrong, but I thought he told me that now with COVID coming up again, they they might not have that many big tournaments anymore because okay. this one was a really big one. It might actually be the biggest legacy tournament of the year with 230 players. I think it is. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, this, this shows how much, I'm going to assume here, but I'm pretty sure this is like the numbers off the back of people not being able to play for a while. And like you can only imagine like when stuff hits up back again in America or Europe properly, like the numbers are going to be through the roof, I'm sure. So yeah, it's a, it's a very good sign. It's very cool.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Like when I saw the numbers 230 that that really blew my mind because I know I think they, they've still had paper tournaments in tokyo and that's i I talked to kai a little bit about this i think there's like 30 or 40 shops in tokyo which totally that's probably like as many as we have in germany altogether, or something like that and yeah they they got together and they made this awesome tournament and why don't we like quickly go over first of all like the top eight so for the top eight the winning deck um i'm not gonna try i'm sorry for the players but i'm not gonna try to, to pronounce and butcher their names but we're definitely gonna link the deck lists and the players in, in the show notes here. The winning deck list is elves and elves with an interesting take on it. I had to Google translate it to get some rough idea of what <laughs> they're actually playing, but that actually works pretty well. So if you if you want to check it out, definitely like open your, your whatever you use to, to go to translate entire web pages. And for elves they are using dignity, magical power of course. and hitman oof. Well, I mean, who Do you guys would? have any idea what that could be? All right,
1: I'm. I'm not going to look at the website, so I have to guess. Dignity, magical power, is natural order.
0: Nope, nope. it's a one-off. Oh, it's a one-off. Oh, progenitus. No. <laughs>
1: what dignity, magical progenitus power? Progenitus
0: is, con- is um, uh, translated as great progenitor. Oh, of course. No, it's it's oh, regal God. force. I'm terrible. A regal force, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. never guessing that. In Jesus. this economy.
1: Oh my god! Wait, so Hitman so Elf if- is regal force, or no? D- Dignity magical powers is, hit- is regal force. Yeah. What's Hitman Elf?
0: Hitman Elf is my favorite one. It's Collector Oof. Ah. I like that they called that uh, they translated Collector with Hitman.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's Tom. <laughs> Tom's the Hitman. Yeah, that's Tom's my fa- hitman, that's yeah. my favorite card in the list.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> god. <laughs> So yeah, that, the, the deck is pretty straightforward, so, uh, other than that, um, Dignity Magic Power, Dignity Magic Power, um, Regal Force is interesting because the last time we've really seen that in Legacy is like seven to eight years ago. I was about to but, say,
1: since like PT Berlin probably. Well,
0: yeah, it, it still was a thing like in, in a Legacy Elves as well for a while until we got to like understand that just having double off was just better. but yeah so for those who don't know by the way it's a seven mana i don't even know the creature type it's a five five and when it comes to play you draw a card for each green creature i think you control
1: for what it's worth Uh, um there is a japanese streamer who is like has a thing over his stream to make him look like a panda um he's been playing elves with dignity magical power recently um so that could be it might actually be him uh it's i've forgotten his name uh but the, the, peop- Haru- the people will know who i mean if they know him who streams looking like a panda but uh, yeah so that, that- <laughs> you're
0: gonna find it out and link it in the show notes they, <laughs> they actually had him in the on the website um on the haruer website for i think a deck tech or something so
1: his name is mo panda
0: Oh, more panda? Okay, we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna link that. Cool. So that, that's elves in first place. Second place we have A&T. Uh, the interesting parts in that deck are two fluster storms in the main, two Scented Swarm in the sideboard, and if, I guess just seeing a in the first place is, is gonna be interesting because we basically moved away from that deck as a format and everybody's playing Doomsday ever since, but I guess if you have like two fluster storms in the main and two Scented Swarm in the sideboard, that's one way to try and fight over Whale of Summer, which would otherwise be quite annoying, I guess. Yeah. So did you mean, see that deck coming back.
1: It's still a very powerful deck. And I think it's the kind of deck, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak in absolutes here, but I think Doomsday is um, just slightly stronger of a kind of deck in such a similar style that the people that like playing these kind of decks online, especially, have just gravitated to Doomsday. But in paper, you know, as always, um, people do play kind of what they prefer as well. And it's it's less cut and dry on, like, I'm going to play this because I just think this... Like ch- uh, increases my chances of winning if you have like a really pimped out Ant deck or if you've played it for so long so many years that you're, you feel more confident with it and or especially if you just only play playing paper currently, you're not going to just switch to Doomsday because it seems better but you have no, you haven't practiced it because there would be no paper events so you're going to stick with what you know so I think some of these re- events will reflect stuff like that so it's worth keeping in mind so not surprised to see it, I mean it's still a strong deck it's still capable of killing pretty quickly and has a lot of disruption. So yeah, pretty cool to see it do well.
0: Yeah. Another interesting deck that did well in this tournament is Wild Godshot Dragon Combo. And like, there's many ways to build that deck. This is the one that, um, whom did you have, have on the cast who recently talked about that deck, the, the four color Snowco? Yeah, wait Oh, I remember him. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I think the most interesting thing about that one, other than it being a fucking four-color snow-covered culture dragon <laughs> combo, is the kill condition, and that's Ishkana Graph Widow. do oh, you yeah. really know what that does?
1: Of course I do. I've played Nickfit. It's a five mana <laughs> three-five spider. um It has an activated ability for six and a black. uh Your opponent loses one life each spider you control. And when it etps if you have delirium, you get three one-two spiders with reach. Come at me. I know that's these exactly Nickfit yeah. Uh,
0: so this is... <laughs> <laughs> well, st- staples are already reaching, I guess. It's a Nick
1: staple. I promise. I got it. Um, okay. <laughs> but this is cool. Like, So, the more popular win condition, I think, in World Goggle Dragon, which has been the, the Ducksmantle Guild Mage, which they're, they're all kind of not great cards on their own. Um, Ishkanar is arguably a better card, even if it's five mana. Like, this kind of shell is going to grind out the game to that later stage so you can cast it. And it is much better as a fair card. But um Dust Mantle, like it does pitch to force in a pinch, which I know is like a kind of cop-out excuse and people laugh at, but it is pretty legit. Like if you're winning on the Uro Oko side, then you're fine just pitching your wing edition to it. Um so I can see upsides and downsides to both. Um in the end, spiders are pretty cool, so I like it. <laughs>
0: Uh, something else that's pretty cool is Death in Texas, and this one in fourth place. It actually splashes black for Ors of Pontiff. So I, I've seen people talk about why would you want Ors of Pontiff over Plague Engineer, and I guess the first thing that actually comes to mind is just flicker effects, effects with you know flicker, whisper, and stuff. So you can like use it even more times. That's i yeah. guess the most common one. Well, yeah. does
1: this deck play Cavern of the Souls? Because this is another big
0: reason. Um, uh, well, let me actually look this up. Yeah. I'm gonna cut this out because the, the, flick- the flicker effect is good but you can also flicker so, a plague give me a second yeah. here, give me a second here to stack well it doesn't play cavern of souls it plays cave of souls according to the translation here so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wager that's cavern of souls we guess? yeah so
1: so I think because um, pontiff is a human so it, it often names human so it's it's tough because the black splash is just always really hard on the mana like dnt has always struggled to splash it's one of those things that like even if you're trying to build with a very good mana base in mind, it's still a bit iffy, because you want to play all these uh, Richmond ports and wastelands as well, so I think you are slightly dipping in power level, because you can Plague Engineer and name the first thing you want, and then you can Flicker the Plague Engineer and name a different thing, so the Flicker thing, Pontiff is slightly better, because you can get some pumps out of it as well, um, or different timings, but I think it ultimately comes down to trying to increase the, ma- the mana consistency a little bit, which I like, I think The effect of just going minus one, minus one at some point is better um, to be able to do it more consistently. But it's a close call.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and speaking of uh, a, the brother of Death and Texas, I always feel like that's Green White Maverick. Also made top eight in fifth place. And they got a couple of interesting choices. They got Armageddon and Thrun <laughs> in the sideboard, as well as Felida Retreat. It keeps coming back. And Fiend Artisan in the main deck. But I, I gotta say, I'm most thrilled for the Thrun in the sideboard because that's that's the Maverick I know and love. <laughs> and actually, I put it down as Green White Maverick. It's actually Green White Black Maverick. They also had some black cards in that. It's, mm-hmm. I guess, the way you do it these days.
1: I mean, I love Thrun. I like trolls, but what does it do? I guess it blocks elks.
0: Well, I, I, the the thing about Thrun is their the regeneration is actually quite important. So you can like run into these death touches and come out uh, like you live beyond death touches, and it's really good at carrying equipment. So that's always what it's been about. Like the death touch thing, not so much, but the thing that it wouldn't really be touchable. And before terminus, there weren't really too many good answers for it. Like. I, I guess I'm actually trying to remember what people tried to even play. I guess you could play, what's it called? Green, destroy all green creatures. Parish. Yeah, Parish is actually uh-huh. the one that people played back then, and partially because of Thrun, because you can't regenerate. But other than that, there's not too much stuff that actually gets to really touch Thrun. I guess that the problem with it is if your equipment gets egged, then you're not getting too much value out of your Thruns anyway. Like, I guess you get to basically hit for four every turn and make them block or like it's actually kind of comical how hitting for four every yeah. turn still the other has thing, a hard time racing oko
1: that's yeah the other thing is like against an uro you can't attack because i know you can attack into it and regenerate but then they just don't block and then they attack back and gain three and draw a card <laughs> it, it's really hard to race that uro card so they can have swords and Caracas, so they have game there but it's um feels a bit outdated to me find and i love though
2: Did I mention how much I hate this list? (laughs) Sure, go ahead. Show us all the hatred you got. Not only do they have two copies of Birds of Paradise in here, (laughs) but Sideboard Armageddon is crossing a line, and when I look at the lands, they split their wastelands and ghost quarters, which is really, really hurting my Pithing Needle activations. So this is just just too much. I'm pretty
1: sure this player just heard you might be coming over for the event. and. uh i You're nearly like did
2: a, international hey, travel is really simple nowadays
1: yeah exactly that's that was on my mind as oh, well by the
0: way they also have assassin's loot which i guess is assassin's trophy so yeah. that's another thing <laughs> yeah, and summer book veil summer in the side yeah, yeah dude the, this whole google translate mtg is amazing we, we should have like in the future we should only post our list that way who's this one who protect the forest oh seven safekeeper i see Gaia Shakeland. (laughs) Gaia Scradle. Okay, never mind, never mind. I I could get lost into these auto-translated names. In sixth place, we have, interestingly, not... uh, I actually put this down as Blue-Black Shadow initially, but then I realized, wait, that's actually Reclaimers and Tarnished Fucking Citadel. That's... uh, that's something I haven't seen in almost 10 years in Legacy Tannish Citadel. That's one of those, Tom, t- how about running those in Dark Depth? Because that's one of those mana fixing dens that we saw in Dredge 10 years ago. It's basically a, um, a rainbow land, but every time you tap it, it deals far fucking damage to you.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, lightning building myself on turn 1 with mana confluence into Thoughtseize, but just the land <laughs> itself doing it is probably a little bit too much for my tastes. <laughs> <laughs> although the depths community has joked from time to time about building a shadow depths deck so if that ever
0: becomes a thing that's possible so this is I, I don't know what the tarnished citadel is really for other than i guess lowering your life total so you can uh, you can't even surprise kill your opponent i guess because you you can't get an untapped tarnished citadel so unless you get it with reclaim it at, at the end of turn so Interesting. yeah um it it's interesting that that's probably the best way to put it. When you you don't really have anything awesome to say about it, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, dude, the, the, the auto translated name is so amazing on it. I mean, Tyrnus is already pretty amazing, <laughs> but the auto translated name is "Faded yeah. Fortress." Oh,
1: that's nice. They should make that into a card. That's dude, a the, cool if, if I
0: was working for Wizards of the Coast, like I would take inspiration from all of these Tomb Digger Cage.
1: Mm-hmm i like i like Dignity team magical power a lot maybe second hitman elf but uh faded fortress as well is nice
0: swirling knowledge Very is nice. brainstormed dude, that, dude that's amazing digger <laughs> of secrets <laughs> anyway so rounding out the top eight we got two more hogark decks so hogark always like a pretty good contender there's nothing interesting i could really find about those but yeah, that's that's what they are doing in, uh, in Japan right now. And just to round out the top 16, since we have those lists as well and it makes a lot of sense to mention them for such a big event. 9th place, Omni Sneak. 10th place, Rock Delver. 11th place, Doomsday, our friend Kaiser Savatari. 12th place, Red Green Lance. 13th place, Esper 14th place, Death Texas, fifteenth place, Stompy, and Texas. 15th place, Moonstompy. And 16th place, Sneakshell. Show so that's what's going on in uh in japan right now and i'm I'm, when i saw this i was just like so amazed to see that that paper magic was still a thing because it's been such a long time since i've actually played it
1: this is like nothing like what we're seeing from the online results as well it's i mean there's one rug delver and then there's the world dragon jack deck which you could call snow um they're the they're the like the boogeyman everything else is not it's i mean we've got Antin in second as well it's 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 very very much a paper top 16 which is really really quite refreshing <laughs> to see i mean like in a a nice
0: japanese way. paper top 16 right Japan yes. lost like weird decks. The
1: reclaimer tarnished citadel omegaden throne also pontiff yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's a very very japanese
0: awesomeness top eight yeah, to me always the, the card that always gets me um when i see japanese lists is i remember dead drop which is a sorcery for 10 mana it has oh death. God. And target player sacrifices two creatures. That, I adore that used to be a this card.
1: I um, when I was first getting to know Jarvis properly, he he was like kind of not asking me for full deck list, but he was asking, oh, what did you play in this Delver deck recently or this thing? And um, just when I was getting getting to know him, I made him play Dead Drop on stream, and he, he kept asking me before stream, he's like, Callum, are you sure this card's good? I was like, Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, it's really good. I think it might have been in a deck with Um, Eureka, like an old ninjas build and um while, we, while he was streaming i was like it's terrible i don't know what you're doing
0: <laughs> so <laughs> but i haven't in a tired country it. testing this deck for, this card for you it must be good trust me yeah, yeah yeah,
1: exactly it was brilliant i like how
0: travis didn't initially ask you for a deck lists just like individual cards so you like you had to earn his respect and trust it, like
1: <laughs> it was it was more like hey you've been playing grixis delver uh what does it look like and i'll pl- i'd send over a list but i'll just like take out a cyborg card and put something more fun in
0: Okay, okay, I, I I can get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what's happening in the world of magic in at least Japan right now, and as well on Magic Online where Tom is crushing everyone. Even though he doesn't really phrase it like that, but I think you might be the most feared man on Magic Online. I mean, there's always Mark whom we had on the podcast last game, but those matches that you play against Mark they're drawn out. They give you the illusion that you have a choice, but <laughs> when you play against Tom, you're basically dead the moment you sit down, and, and Tom knows that you know it and might as well just like not play but
1: i'm gonna bring up a listener question that we had for the last question but i want to put it to tom as well because i think it's such a cool question tom who's your nemesis and who's your yeah that's the that's the best question who's your nemesis on magic online or nemesi
2: uh if it's the person i've lost to the most it's probably achilles Um, he's great yeah great player great player tough matchup and yeah his lists are always tuned for whatever reason. I I don't know what the specifics. He, he always has into. the birds
1: paradise into Kaya.
2: Yeah, I played against him once <laughs> and surgical his list because I was irritated after getting path to exile <laughs> in game one, and I never bring in surgical against Maverick. But I just wanted to see what the list was, uh, and afterwards <laughs> I found out that he decided to run four pla- four paths and three uh, four swords and three paths in addition to nice. all the normal hate and i was just like all right man <laughs> <Fuck this shit. laughs> oh but yeah i've lost uh, quite a few matches to him cool
1: um anyone else on the list or
2: um there's this, this white, there's this white faces guy that uh, ah. that i've uh i've struggled to maintain an undefeated record against they, well, s- I they stole a match from me <laughs> oh, dude.
1: <laughs> but wait, is, is this White Faces or White Feces?
2: I've never actually played White Feces. I've never had the honor.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Is that even a thing? I think one of my it rabbits is, had that yeah. in the 90s.
1: <laughs> um, Stefano, Miracle Stefanogs, he made a White Feces account and 5 would with uh, Black Red Reanimator. So everyone kept asking me, he's like, Callum, you're playing Reanimator now. I was like, God. <laughs> it was like a double-layered troll because it was the White Feces and it was people asking me about Reanimator when it was like at the height of it and i couldn't stand the deck it was
0: the random impersonations gotta stop we we already have like goblin lucky one and turn one goblin lucky and i still struggle with that even though we had one of them on the podcast yeah it's so hard
1: we have negator 69 don't oh yeah,
0: Negator 69 is actually a new hot thing. Um, Tom, how, how do you feel about Negator 69, like taking your crown as the best legacy player right now?
2: I always pay respects to the Negators that came before me. So any Negator <laughs> under 77, I've everything you it. say
1: is like a hitman. It's, it's crazy. Just calculated. Yeah,
2: yeah, I pay all my respects to the Elders yeah yeah there's one that's above mine i forget whether it's 87 88 there's there's a negator with a higher number that i've been messaged multiple times to ask <laughs> like why i was salting on people oh. with like the screenshot and i was
0: like yeah that's not the number i use <laughs> like, <laughs> really he, he hasn't u- figured out how to use the the piano string and that's that's why he's not on your level
2: i don't know who the person is i've just received feedback
0: of uh, my behavior it's kind of yeah
2: <laughs> julian not
0: not live god oh, i told you not to say that if you had any idea how many people are out there impersonating me there's like it's julian 23 but i think there's also it's julia which is a girl from france <laughs> and she does she does fashion blogging and stuff and sometimes people confuse us on twitter like that it's a wild word out there i thought I th- i'm considering changing my name to something incredibly unique i don't we're know we're gonna do it's julian 77 soon Headshot Killer Five Thousand. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, something that nobody's gonna name themselves after because it's like, okay, let me actually for the next cast, I should probably like Google Headshot Killer Five Thousand. Gonna put okay, see, no results, no results on Google. Wow. That's my next name, Headshot okay. Killer. Oh, cool. I, I, fuck! I should I, I put headshot Killer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, no result for ha- Headshot Killer either. Okay. All right, that's the I new have, name I, sorted. I Love still it. have the deck lists up. There's a lot of great
2: usernames built into these deck lists. You yeah can, you could easily be chic of the
0: aristocracy Ooh. oh that that's noble herrick right uh yes it is <laughs>
1: good guess we should we should bring up a game where like you have to guess which one's which some are probably easier but I don't know. i'll get them all wrong
0: what do you think tropical islanders is? no, no, no seriously oh you can't do uh, that
1: Not you have to do it the other way around
0: yeah this it, it tropical island <laughs> on both sides oh my god yeah. God! I Anyway, just... <laughs> guys, I think we're, we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the cast, and please don't kill me next time we see each other. Uh, that uh, are you qualified <laughs> for the showcase qualifier thingy?
2: No, I finished ninth twice. Oh fuck! Caleb told me to not
0: bring I that up. I said, don't say nine. this. Oh, <laughs> I messed it up.
2: <laughs> My breakers were point zero 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 seven off.
1: Ugh
2: it's so and they don't real. pass down the invite anymore nope i got feedback on that which basically from, from wizard of the coast yeah i wrote them because i was just curious i wanted to know what their reasoning for getting rid of it was and basically what they said was um it's too it's too much um they said it was fine when it was a quarterly event they didn't mind doing it but now that it's a monthly event it's yeah. just you know what, it's to it's me, what the most now, surprising
0: thing about this is this tournament happened last week and you already received your answer to your question from Wizards? Like, wow.
2: Well, that's weird because I hadn't submitted anything to them in probably a year or two because I don't really do comp or anything like that. It's just not something <laughs> I really...
0: I, I win all the time anyway. I don't need a compensation for... for no, I just, I just
2: I just, think most of this stuff is like, I don't know, you just move on with your life. It's better, better life EV and time EV to not spend 20 minutes filling out a form about... You know, yeah, I don't think I've done points. that in over two years. Yeah, so I hadn't until two weeks ago when I got really irritated um, because when they did the Commander update, well, one, they got rid of all the replays. They made us redownload the software, which irritated me because I can't do the YouTube videos. But the first league back in and everyone since, it gives you... I don't know if this is universal or if it's just something for me. It changes your deck that you're registered with every single time to a random deck in your collection.
0: Oh, it's a feature. It it wants to it wants you to experience <laughs> yes. you know the wide variety of possible decks. Sometimes it even creates random decks for you so you can you know enjoy the bonda that is chaos chaos halokin. Yeah.
2: So for the very first <laughs> time post update, I joined a league. Uh, won the role looked at my hand it had a birds of paradise in it i realized i was running maverick and instantaneously <laughs> scooped the, the the match dropped from the league i was like oh i'm filing for comp for this there's no way i'm going to punish myself by running maverick really <laughs> i mean i feel so bad I of this funny. Uh, so but that one took a full a that took a full week for them to respond to because i think they had an insane amount of uh <laughs> complaints and issues um during that time period
1: so, so you're saying
2: the first bug that made you pissed off enough to
1: file for comp was having birds of paradise in your hand
0: uh, okay hold on a second <laughs> <laughs> oh it looks like tom's dog actually just came down and was complaining yeah. because tom we we, we actually really sorry we had tom turn off his heater because it was creating a lot of background noise and now tom's dog is coming down it's like dude what's going on why is it so cold in here so i, I guess we better wrap up here and like unless we want to make Uh, i think the dog
1: has like a a thing where it understands when tom mentions birds of paradise too many times it comes and sees if he's okay so um (laughs) i'm sure that's what's happened (laughs) that that sounds about right i guess that could be the thing (laughs) oh he's back cool they're
0: uh, they're outside now. yeah. If, we, if you want to check whether we are okay, you can leave us a review on iTunes, and I was recently told it's not even called iTunes anymore, I think it's Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, so iTunes is like the boomer slang, so if you want to leave <laughs> us a review on iTunes, good luck, but if you, if you want to, it really makes a difference, uh, we're always super happy about that, we want to maintain our 5-star rating, um, and that would be really cool. Other ways to support us, you can hit our Patreon on patreon.com slash where you can become a Patreon and join our Discord. Or like to me, the biggest thing is always just like let people know about the podcast. Let people know that you enjoy this. If, if they're like into legacy, just let them know. You know, there's these two dudes, and they sometimes have awesome guests. Sometimes they have Tom. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I think nice. no, no 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 no! Don't okay. take
1: a shot, Tom. There, God.
0: Ah, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tom. No, seriously, I'm only taking shots of people who who I know I'm gonna miss. Is, is that the best way to phrase it? <laughs> if you miss the shot, yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what we're doing here and yeah. Kind um, anything else you want to bring up? I'm
1: good. It's been a great podcast, I think. I'm, I'm
0: happy. That's great. So, thanks a lot to our current patrons on our Eternal Witness tier, Tommy Hanks, Trent Bowers, Testacula, and on the Grizzle brand tier, Victor Behatz, Baju Scott Monroe, Kulish aliste Jeremy Gates, and Henry kokos Thank you so much for making the show possible for allowing us to produce this have a great time i think we are we going to be back before christmas we might be back like like a day or two before christmas something like that
1: yeah i'm sure we can find something interesting to talk about
0: yeah definitely the magical christmas land is always going to be a good topic (laughs) yes (laughs) there must be some decks like that okay so (laughs) thanks a lot thanks kalems thanks tom thanks everyone in the community and have a great time see you next time bye bye
1: goodbye everyone bye